Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. James Francis Bryant. Iowa. Sheldon Willis. A lot of gaming commission. Francois Pinot, captain of the thing. Me, sir? I don't know who I am! I'm a botanist. I'm a Texas Ranger. I am a traveler in both time and space. Impersonating practically anybody. I do like their man. Welcome, everybody, to the 15th, 14th. So I think this is episode 15, if we're not counting episode zero and... No. No. This is episode 14. Episode 14. Because we're not counting episode zero or the good old boys. Welcome, everybody, to the last movie of the 90s. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the last movie of the 90s. Of our series, What's the Matter with Matt Damon, where we, Hannah and Sean, chronicle the peaks and valleys of Matt Damon's film career and the wider Hollywood ecosystem in general. As I've already said, my name's Hannah. I'm with Sean. Hello. You've already heard on the mic because we yeah. don't know how many episodes of the show we've done. <laughs> we are sleepy, so we fucked up the intro a little bit. I didn't fuck it up. I changed it up because it's a big it's a big day. What's the name of the podcast, Hannah? It's Sine Waves. Did you say that in there? I doesn't matter if I did or not. <laughs> Listen, we're doing great. This is your first time listening to the show. What we do here is each week, we watch a Matt Damon movie in the order that he released them in. Then we talk about it for like an incessant amount of time, as well as other yeah. other Hope- things we've been watching and reading and doing stuff with. Hopefully this episode is going to be a little shorter than the last couple. Maybe. I've had so- a lot of editing to do, Hannah. <laughs> Sean walks away because he's so done with the show. Um, if it's your first time here, if you enjoy, we're of course talking about the 1999 cinematic picture from Miramax. Ooh, uh, ooh, uh, the talented Mr. Ripley. And oh my gosh, Tom Ripley sure is talented at murder. <laughs> this movie was film, uh, directed by uh, Antonio Miguel. Miguel? Mm. I don't know. He directed The English Patient and Cold Mountain and some other movies I've never heard of. I've heard of The English Patient. Um, and it stars, of course, Matt Damon, Jude Law, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Blanchett, Jake Davenport, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and a bunch of other people. Hell yeah. Um, this movie honks. This movie's pretty all right. I like this movie a lot. I think it's pretty solid. I think it was fun. Um, I was... This one was for me. Happy Bi Visibility Month. Is it? Yeah, it's September. Yeah, perfect timing. Um, this tagline is... Oh movie... shit, wait, no, I'm visible now. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, this movie should, byline should be Be Gay Do Crimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Matt Damon does both of those things in this. Matt, it's so... He's so creepy in this movie. He is, yeah. It's. I think this is his best performance to date. I have thoughts on this performance that I'll get into once we talk about the movie. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into the movie, if just again, I, every time I like we do the show, I'm like, is this people's first time? I need to like reintroduce them. I just need to start assuming that... No, I'll start assuming people aren't jumping on when we get to the like... The drought. The drought's coming, people. It's starting next, next week. week. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be joining us for the Legend of Bagger Vance. I think once we, after we do the oceans, mm-hmm. and the only our lighthouses become the Bournes, because like the subsequent ocean movies are meant to be bad. I have never seen an oceans film. The, ocean, the first oceans is fun. I've heard the rest of them are terrible. Nice. Like not terrible, but they're not good. Sure. We when we get to the stuck on you era, oh, <laughs> oh, nice. um, well. Before we get to even the talented Mister Ripley and Matt Damon in general, we of course you want to do a little media summary. And if the first thing I always have to ask Sean, is how are the X Men doing? 
bad? Yeah, not good. Yeah. They're they're not doing great. Um, I'm just thinking, which issues of X Men do I actually have to talk about? Because it's been two weeks. Two weeks since we've done a media thing, and there was no X Men last week. It's the week before. It's the week before. Yeah, I think I only have two. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which I quite liked, which I was surprised. I, I went into that week being like, okay, there's two issues coming out that I'm going to give a shot. One of which I expect to like a lot. The other of which I expect I'm not going to read any more of. And? Uh, and I got it the wrong way around. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's always fun. Uh, so two weeks ago I read Jean uh, Grey number one, which is up on my little display shelf over here. Yeah. Uh, and I read Realm of X number one. Which one did you not like? Uh, well, one of them is on my display shelf. You could, hate, you could not <laughs> like one of them. Uh, I like Jean Grey a lot. I didn't like Realm of X. Who's Realm of X by? Uh, ooh, that's an excellent... I can't remember her that's name. That's an excellent app. Hey. Hey. Uh, Sean's I, very tired. Sean done did his first day of teaching today. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm very sleepy. I was back in back in school for the first time. Uh, it was by Torin Gronbeck. Um, Never heard of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a book that stars one of my favourite X-Men characters, Magic. But it, like... But it wasn't Magic. No, it treats her quite badly, oh. I would say. Um that's unfortunate like, yeah her whole thing is like she has teleportation powers or whatever mm-hmm. um but those have always been kind of very secondary to her character mm-hmm. because she's also like a powerful magician uh and has a giant sword made out of her soul and is good at beating people up and she's also the queen of hell sean yeah <laughs> so is fucking you woman. <laughs> she's fucking rad um, Do they take away her big sword or something? No, they take away her teleportation powers. Oh. And then she's just like, oh no, I can't do anything. I feel so weak. Oh, but she has all this other shit. Yeah, exactly. Which like, is like, that's not that's not what she's like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to be picking up any more of that. Really? I yeah. I think I'm, I wasn't very impressed. Not even like just see if it redeems itself in the second issue or nah. 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 But Jean Grey was good. Jean Grey was really good, yeah. Um, Jean Grey died at the Hellfire Gala. She does that a lot. Yeah, she does do that a lot. And this is all about that. (laughs) (laughs) So she's found herself in some kind of weird, like liminal psychic space. Uh, And she's called working in finance. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is where Hannah is, nine to five. Nine to half five. Oh, yeah. Uh, but this, the series, what it seems to be about is her, like, looking back on her life and being like, this is a pivotal moment. If I changed one thing about this, would I be able to avoid the massacre at the Hellfire Gala? Oh, okay. And uh, the first issue is about her, like, kind of getting the rest of the X-Men together earlier than they were. Okay. Uh, and she goes crazy and starts killing everybody. She does that. Yeah, she does that a lot. Um, so it's it's really interesting. I'm, I'm having a good time with it. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, another thing Sean's been having a good time with, if you last listened to last week's ex- episode about Dogma, and more importantly, if you listened to two weeks ago, <laughs> an ongoing bit of the show is that Sean does something to prepare for each movie we watch. Sean, mm-hmm. what did you do to prepare for this movie? I watched AI, Artificial Intelligence, starring Jude Law. 
seen AI? Yeah. And what's AI like? It's terrible. I hated it. <laughs> it's so bizarre because everyone thinks that movie. Because I, I read something about it once. And like, you know, Kubrick wanted to make it. Yeah, and Spielberg made it instead. Because right? Kubrick, Kubrick died. died. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, Spielberg makes like just fucking Spielberg's all this up. Yeah. So mostly he like didn't change anything about the movie. Yeah, and like it it's the least Spielberg feeling Spielberg film and it's not because it's Spielberg trying to like do like trying to just recreate his like best friend's style yeah and he doesn't he doesn't do it it's bad (laughs) can you think of like Stanley Kubrick trying to make a Spielberg movie like I want to see that I want to see that because that's uh, what I think AI was meant to be. Sure, like Stanley AI... Kubrick's uh, Saving Private Ryan would be badass, though. It's, it, it's called Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick's, um, oh, I don't know, what's... E.T. No, something more... <laughs> West Side Story. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, two weeks ago for the Rounders episode... I I forgot to do something. I could have lied. I could have. I want that clear. I was honest about this. Um, it, you couldn't have lied because it happened and you went, oh no! <laughs> uh, I don't think... You're not Tom Ripley. You can't pull a lie out of your, your butt. Maybe I am. Maybe I've never done any of this prep, Anna. <laughs> maybe I've made it all up. I don't think so. Uh, I don't believe you. Um, um, Hannah, Hannah issued me a punishment for missing my preparation... For, for rounders. I made Sean watch Sex in the City. So And then we, twist, we watch Sex in the City. Yeah, so we recorded last Monday. We recorded seven days ago. Yeah. Uh, we recorded last Monday. Uh, I was finished Sex in the City season one by the next day. <laughs> like, by Tuesday evening, I was finished Sex in the City season one. Sex in the City fucking rocks. It's great. It's I've, fantastic. I've, over, I've watched half of season one in one sitting. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's, two sittings. Two sittings, um, yeah. It was very funny because after we finished recording, I was talking to our, our our guest from last week, Lucy. Yeah. Sean goes in to start watching Sex in the City. He comes back out five minutes later and he's like, Hannah, you've cursed me. Yeah. And then he goes back and watches it. It comes back and he's like, never mind. Yeah. Uh, much like his attitude from when he started watching every single Matt Damon movie. No, I still feel cursed. No, you don't. Uh, We're about to get into a, 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 a lull in the Matt Damon action. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of Ben movies soon. <gasps> Jersey Girl. Hmm. All right. All okay. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm liking what I'm hearing. Okay. Um, but yeah, Sex and City. Sex and City is actually really good. I'm a Samantha. You're not a Samantha. No? You're not. Samantha could be quite petulant. Yeah. You're not that petulant. You're. Yeah. No, you're not. Maybe I'll just start being petulant then. I want to be I Samantha. I think you're a Miranda. I th- that was my initial thought as well. I did think I was a Miranda. Maybe I'm a Miranda. I think you're yeah. a Miranda. Charlotte. All right, sure. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Charlotte. I think. Yeah, you're a Charlotte. I'm a Charlotte. You're a Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. It's very fun. It's I I can't. How do you describe? Sex and the City is about four, four three women who have very impressive careers and Carrie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carrie, who inexplicably also has a, a like huge apartment in New York. Yeah, and, and has an extravagant lifestyle. That's the only magical realism of the show. Yeah. is Carrie being able to keep up with with the other girls, with the other yeah. girls, and even just everyone else. They kind of everyone else she knows has a very impressive career. So I wonder if it's just a thing if she just kind of like bums off everybody. 
Maybe, but like nobody else is going buying her shoes and shit. Do people do buy her shoes when her credit card gets cut? True, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, when her credit card got fucking cut in half. Yeah. What a show. What a show. It's very fun. It's a lot of fun. Highly yeah. recommend it. Uh, our uh, friends, Alan and Neve, uh, we started watching it and they were in Sean's house mm-hmm. and went, this is shit, and then accidentally watched two episodes. Yeah, it was the three episodes. <laughs> so it was three Neve, ep- like was standing up to leave and she saw another episode had started and she was like transfixed she couldn't pull <laughs> herself so away funny. yeah uh it's it's just very fun perfect it's only ha- i miss tv shows only being half an oh hour. the half hour episodes are so good that's i think yeah. a big aspect of why you've watched so much of it so quickly true yeah because i'm used to i'm used to like good doctor 45 minute episodes um a good doctor update um there is one episode left in the season which comes out tomorrow uh things aren't looking great for the good doctor is his um, mentor still dying so his mentor doesn't have brain cancer as he previously assumed his mentor might have alzheimer's though <laughs> yeah so i can't wait for the good doctor to figure out a cure for that euthanasia <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> have i shown you the the uh the chinese good doctor memes John, these are only who watch The Good Doctor. Amputate everything below the neck. I'll tweet this out uh, at the end of the episode. I need to tweet out. Or at that. the end of the recording. Even. I need to tweet out the little bit of Alexis clip that I mentioned last week. Yes, you do. I watched that yeah. today, and I was like, I watched that today as well because I was doing the edit, and I was like, I can't put this in. <laughs> la, 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 la. A little bit of Alexis. <laughs> it's so unhinged. It's so funny. Yeah. It's um, the when she crouches down and goes. Yeah, <laughs> it kills me. Yeah, uh, um, highly recommend Sex in the City. Highly recommend Chinese good doctor memes if you ever find them. I highly uh, don't recommend the good doctor. Yeah, uh, amputate everything below the neck. <laughs> um, something I recommend that was really good was a podcast I listened to. I don't know if I talked about. You this listen last. to other podcasts? Yeah. What the fuck? I have I have this outside the competition. Sure. I listened to one about a crime. <gasps> This one? Yeah, no. Uh, so there's this thing that happened in the north one time, the north of Ireland, called the Northern Bank Job. Have you ever heard about yes, the Northern Bank? I've heard about it, yeah. So it's a podcast detailing it by a guy who was like a reporter at the time. And I've listened to it before, but I was like, I want to listen to this podcast again. The Northern Bank Job is fucking crazy. Oh, yeah? I'm going to read out what, how much they stole. It was the largest bank robbery in Irish and English histories until like very, very, very recently. Um... And it was like, they don't know who did it. They've never found any of the money because they recalled all the notes. Oh, okay. So like in the North, each bank has their own currency. So like Bank of Ireland and say AIB and these are Irish banks would have like, they would have their own notes. So when, and it was the Northern Bank, when the Northern got stolen, they just went, all of the money is now worthless. You have to change it. So they stole like 25, something crazy. What was it? 26.5 26.5 million pounds or 40,000 euro. Whoa. In one swoop. Hell yeah. And how they did it was they kidnapped two guys that worked in the bank's families and made them steal all the money by making it, put them into like waste paper baskets and stuff. Fuck yeah. I'll send it nice. to you. Yeah. Not great because like people were tortured, but. <laughs> they got the money. A woman was left abandoned in the woods. Oh no. Imagine being abandoned in the woods. She was blindfolded for 24 hours straight. 
She could hear. She could hear them putting down plastic bags all around her. Damn, gotta keep it clean. Sean, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> Look, if I hear that somebody has stolen 45 million euro from a bank, I'm immediately on their side. <laughs> you know who did the stealing? Who? The Ra. It was for their pension fund, they think. That complicates things mildly. <laughs> <laughs> Sean just face cracked and he was just like, shit. <laughs> shit. I have dug a hole for myself now. <laughs> <laughs> you fool, you fell for my trap. Um, very good. I'll just, I'll, I recommend it. I'm getting back into my true crime podcast era. Because... Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, very good. Yeah. Speaking of crimes, Sean's uh, been playing a video game. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm too tired right now. If you want to chat, can you ask someone else? Do you know any Chinese people, Hannah? Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, I've been playing Shenmue, uh, a banger of a game. Is it good? That's a complicated question. Is it interesting? Yes, very. What's the deal with Shenmue? Shenmue is a game made by a man who doesn't understand how games work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite fact about Shenmue is that um, it's a Japanese game, got uh, an English dub, which is widely renowned as like the worst dub of all time. It's this dub, yeah. yeah because the the way the guy Yu Suzuki hired the dub actors was entirely based on how much they look like the characters in the game <laughs> like regardless of any actual ability to voice act it's so fucking uh, crazy so it's all just like the most wooden voice acting you've ever heard um, isn't the gameplay really weird as well yeah yeah it is the gameplay is for the most part uh, you're trying to hunt down the fuck is that noise What's your, like, boiler? Ah. Shit. It's not your computer. No, it's not. It's like a pipe or something. It's probably next door. There you go. Nice. Uh, yeah. The plot of the game is you're trying to hunt down this guy, Landy. You play Shenmue, right? (laughs) Your name is not Shenmue. Why is it called Shenmue? I have no fucking clue. (laughs) Uh, you play as Rio. Oh. Uh, and... Your dad has been murdered by this guy called Landy. They had a big, epic, like, karate fight at the beginning. Or no, would it be Kung Fu? No, it's karate because you're in Japan at the beginning and then you go to China later on. Um, there's a big, epic karate fight and Landy kills your dad. And you're like, I need to get revenge. And you go to hunt down Landy. And how you do this is you basically kind of go into the town that you live in. And you ask around, being like, hey... Do you know what the deal with this Landy guy is? Or, no, what is it? It's, um, did you see a black car on the day the snow turned to rain? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, no, the rain turned to snow. It was the other way around. Because you're going into Christmas. Uh, it's set in, like, November. Um, but then there was a snow would stick. Yeah. Oh. I know, it's sad. It's also because the, the game can't render the snow sticking. Uh, but... There's a, a, a gameplay loop, kind of. I've heard it's just minim, like minimum wage jobs the game. 
get to that. We'll get to that. The majority of the game is you talk to a guy, he'll be like, oh, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but I know this other guy who might know, and you have to go and find this guy based entirely on the directions that you're given. Okay. There's no mini-map. Um, oh. If you want to see a map, you have to go and find one of the physical, like, tourist maps that are up around the town. Oh, that's kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah, like you, you would think so. It's not kind of cool after like 10 hours of gameplay where you're like, wait, where the fuck do I have to go now? Like, it's one of those things that it's, oh, it's uh, cool if they do it for like three hours in the game, but then yeah. it starts to piss you off. Most of the places that are important that you have to go are also not on the map. <laughs> That's just rude. Yeah. And every now and then you get into a fight. And the uh, combat system is really cool. The yeah. combat system is very good because the way that you like level up your moves is by practicing doing like the button inputs okay so as your character is getting better at doing them you are also getting better at doing them okay um yeah i've gotten to the section now where you have to work a nine to five job driving a forklift uh and just kind of picking up boxes and bringing them around a warehouse i've seen this and it rocks it's great I've seen a clip online of somebody like there's something you have to do by a certain time and it has like there's no time skip mechanic in it right no so you can go to bed after eight o'clock <laughs> um but that's the only way you can skip time like if you have a thing that you need to do at like 2 p.m and you miss it you yeah you wait till the next day you wake up at 7 7 a.m you just have to dick around the town for... Because I think that's happened to someone. They had to do something at, say, 2, and they missed it. So they had to dick around for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. And they were furious. There's a part where you have to sneak into, like, a um, a warehouse at night. Yeah. Uh, but if you get caught... You just go to bed. You just, you're just you just sent home to bed. So you have to wait a full day before you can get back to it. Oh. I've been Stockholm Syndrome by this game. You love it? I think I do, yeah. Do you love it because it's very fun to play, or are you just like impressed by the novelty of it? I love it for the same reason I love Neil Breen movies. I didn't want to say, Sean. Yeah. So you like it because it's kind of bad. Yeah, but there's enough good things in it that I'm like... Unlike Neil Breen movies. Uh, Neil Breen movies are mostly good things. I don't know how to tell you you're wrong. We've had this fight every week yeah. on the show. We can't... <laughs> Thank God we're not doing a Neil Brame series. Um, my last few... Anything else you want to say about Shenmue? I know Shenmue's like not uh, finished, right? Isn't it like the history of Shenmue like really... Oh, yeah. Cursed? So like... Uh, like Shenmue, Shenmue 3 came out recently and it was really bad. Like even yeah. the fans didn't like it. Shenmue is part one of a 16-part story. Yeah. Uh, Shenmue 2 came out like I think a year or two after Shenmue one yeah Shenmue 3 came out like over 20 years later and they're not making another one no they're not getting another one because uh, Shenmue 3 was kickstarted quite successfully but it was also terrible yeah like it was just not well made yeah yeah like worse than the other ones yeah like the novelty that he of this one has like is gone it's just a bad game yeah um, I've actually been playing a little bit of Baldur's Gate 3 Hell yeah. I'm playing a little bit I've done the tutorial sure. and it's fun but it's just like I don't have any time to do anything at the moment mm. um, yeah, I'm not going to have much time to do anything soon I need to stop having friends mm, me too 
Anyways. Podcast um, is cancelled. Uh. No. Never. Um, well, maybe one day, but not yeah. now. Um, uh, one last thing I want to I want to shout out before we... I have two things to talk about still. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Immortal Thor number one came out. Yeah. Uh, also, like, two weeks ago. Uh, fucking amazing. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Thor a lot in, like, a couple of months when we get into Thor Ragnarok. Um, <laughs> like, 12 months? Yeah. If you want a little primer on what... Thor shit I like go and read Immortal Thor number one because it's in my opinion a perfect Thor issue and it's not just because the X-Men are in it is that a helicopter coming for your bad takes they'll never find me (laughs) Um, I have two things to talk about Um, my first thing is a book I've been reading which I've been reading for the last month and I remember to start reading it again um, which is called My Brilliant Friend which was recommended well I already bought it recommended by Finn oh shit nice yes he was like that's very good so I was like I I told you the the feedback Finn gave us right you do but say it on a mic because I think it's very funny calling Finn out hi Finn hello Finn Finn's not listening to this no Uh, I think so given this feedback no Finn Gave me the funniest piece of feedback. I don't understand either, Siri. Finn gave me possibly the funniest bit of feedback on a podcast I've ever heard, which is that he he couldn't get into it because he couldn't interrupt us. See, I don't understand. Like, the thing I find funny about that feedback is he couldn't interrupt us to like tell us to stop talking, which is how I interpret it because I have very bad self-esteem. But you're mean. No, he just want, he just wants to jut into the into the conversation. <laughs> very funny. Yeah. Um, if you want to interrupt a conversation, you can just email us at SineWavePod. As somebody did this week. <laughs> um, that's a hook. That's a hook. That's what we in the education business call a hook. I don't I don't think you sound like... <gasps> did you delete the email? No. Nope. I need to pause briefly. I am getting a call. Oh. Yeah, Yippee. there we go. We're back. We are back. We're back. Um, probably enough for this movie. Um, the book I'm reading... Uh, my be- my brilliant friend. She's beautiful as well, I guess. Nice. She's a child for the first bit of the book. Sounds like is she talented? Um, yeah. Nice. It's set in Naples in the 1950s, and it's Ooh, about nice. this like two girls' life. So you start off where it's like the main woman, like the narrator. She's in her 50s or 60s. You don't really know how old she is. She gets a call from her friend's son, being like, "My mother has disappeared." Okay. But it's like, not disappeared, like everything in her house she's like, that means anything to her, is gone. Oh, Everything is gone. And she's like, she's always wanted to do this, just leave her, just leave her be, she wants to disappear. And then it goes back to them as kids, and you just follow their whole life. Okay. Growing up. But there's four books, and each book is like, a really, so it's like really detailed about their lives. So I've been like, 180 pages in, and they've just turned 15. Okay. So it's interesting. It's all about kind of uh, Naples and stuff of that life. There's a lot about like poverty and like the mafia and stuff. It's very, it's very good. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's one of those okay. books you need to sit down and like read an hour of it to like get properly into it, and then it's, then it's good. I recommend it. There's a TV show about it, and that's meant to be very good. Oh, cool. I haven't watched it yet. And before we get to the last bit of what we're doing, before we get to Jesus, I just got a massive like brain yeah i'm fine um my song of the week i have don't have a specific song but i'm just going to shout out the ezra collective because i saw them at the festival i went to at the start of the month they're kind of like a jazz thing there's a lot of jazz in this movie like jazz you hear them here boop um thanks (laughs) thanks editing sean you're welcome um and yeah i think we're ready to go we're ready to start talking about the talented brilliant fucking mysterious fucking crazy boy himself hell yeah Tom Ripley uh, 
Yeah, my notes on this one are interesting. We were texting each other during this movie for yeah. a change. Because we actually started watching it at the exact same time, weirdly. Yeah, yeah. You were like a couple minutes ahead of me. Then I was yeah. behind you because my dad started fucking vaping. So we had to keep pausing the movie. Damn. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I was... Uh, mildly inebriated while I was watching this, oh. so I was I was having a great time. Um, yeah, the talented Mr. Ripley. I just want to say to start off with, I love the costume design of this movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's really good. All yeah. the outfits are mucho bueno. How do you describe the plot? So Matt Damon's just gay and does a lot of murder. Yeah, Matt Damon's just like a gay psychopath. Yeah. Uh. Gay rights. Um, <laughs> it starts off with him, you get this kind of vision of like, the way it starts, it's really creepy, I think. Yeah, it is. Where it's just like these like cut lines and it's like Matt Damon silhouette and he goes like, oh, it all started because I borrowed a jacket. And basically you find out that Tom Ripley is this guy. You don't know where he's from. You just know he's not very well off. Mm. He is like working all these various odd jobs, like cleaning and like men's bathrooms and stuff. Yeah, he plays piano in a couple of places. Yeah. Just doing odd jobs. And he basically substitutes in to, um, for a friend who's broken his hand to do piano at this like fancy event. But he borrows a Princeton jacket and it all kickstarts because of the Princeton jacket. Truly. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, he goes to this... It was a funeral, right? I don't think it was a funeral. I think it was just like a garden party is the vibe I got. Sure. Uh, I Yeah, as I said, I was not of sound mind at the like beginning a, of it. It's not like a rooftop uh, looking over like Central Park. Was it? I thought it was, yeah. a, I thought it was like a garden. Yeah, overlooking Damn. Central Park. Sure. <laughs> uh, um, but this guy approaches him and he's like, hey, you're you're from Princeton, huh? Do you know my son? <laughs> and he goes, yes. Yes, I do know this man. <laughs> uh, so, and and so the, um, I think the, the main character trait of, of Tom, Tom Ripley, Ripley is introduced in that he'll just kind of fucking go along with anything that people say. Yeah, it's this bit at the moment when he's like, oh, Oh, yes, I did go to Princeton. I'm like, I could sort of understand why, because it's this big fucking stuffy party. Yeah. And you're like, totally understand. He's got to be like, no, I just, just borrowed this Princeton jacket. But basically, gets talking to this man, you find out it's this big shipping magnet called Mr. Hubert or something, Christian, some fucking rich wasp name. Mm. Um, and he's talking, and he's basically like, you're such a great boy, Tom. You know who shit? My son, Dickie. Um... <laughs> Yeah, he's talking shit about Dicky. Uh, the other this, thing, this guy, he does hate jazz. Yeah, I can't can't get behind that. That's fair. I can't support that. You like jazz? I like jazz. <laughs> oh, we need to talk about how much the B movie has ruined our generation. Uh, it hasn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that Tom like lies about the woman he assumes he's like playing piano for a woman singing the fact mm. that he's like this is my fiance yeah <laughs> like, what the fuck yeah. is this lie <laughs> yeah he's he is a compulsive liar yeah completely um, um, and he he gets an offer from this guy I will say the thing that's slightly clunky about this I think the first 15 minutes of this movie are kind of clunky definitely yeah yeah like the the, the jump from this guy meeting him to 
meeting Dickie. Once Dickie gets introduced, I feel like it's not... It, the clumpiness kind of irons itself out a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. there's just kind of... You can tell that the writer was like, I have a thing that I want to get to. Yeah. We'll just fucking get there and move on from Because it's based on a book. Yeah. So oh, I'm, is it? Okay. Yeah. I wonder if the book you don't know, Tom, is crazy. That would make sense. I don't know. I, I haven't read the book because... Uh, I don't have to do prep for this podcast except watch the movies. Dad, God, uh, I wish that was me. <laughs> but basically, like, Mr. Greenleaf basically proposes this deal to Tom, being like, if you go to Italy to go grab my terrible son... And bring him home. I will give you a thousand dollars. Yeah. Which, in the 50s... Is that's, a lot of money. That's like, buy a house money. Yeah. Imagine being offered a hundred K to, like fetch someone home from a holiday yeah to go to italy on holiday for a bit yeah grab a child like i do that now yeah easy 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 the thing that makes you realize that tom is a freak is how tom starts to prepare for this assignment yeah he starts listening he starts learning a bunch of jazz shit he gets like ups like really into jazz yeah and you're like why is he doing this yeah but it also kind of establishes that Tom does like Tom's a prepper. Yes. He yeah. Is. Yeah. He he fully just like listens to the same records, kind of on a loop until he has them memorized. And this happens in oh, this happens in kind of a montage of him like prepping his clothes and the first like this is like what the credits are. Yeah. Like the, it's one of it's that kind of genre of movie where the credits are like happen over the first eight minutes. Mm. They're like a weird kind like of in like Riverdale. Riverdale ended, and I'm so happy. I once I catch up on Riverdale there's going to be a horrific Riverdale section on one of these episodes do it on like the legend of Bagger Vance please I'll see I'll see um, I'll time it perfectly for Oceans <laughs> for Bourne <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah no it just like he just does this like really creepy prepping mm. like there's no other way to describe it you're like oh this boy is crazy yeah like it is. immediately establishes that Tom is insane yeah um and he gets but he's like He's insane, but he's also really endearing. Like, he, you're so happy. Kind of, yeah, yeah, a little bit. At this point, yeah. Like, it's kind of like, oh, is he just prepping because he's like, oh, I, I want to have friends? Like, they, they, I mean, there's almost... Yeah, he, there's, he wants to have friends. But he doesn't know what Dickie's like yet. Sure. He does. He doesn't see yeah, the photo. He doesn't, yeah, he no, doesn't yeah, see the photo yeah. from everything. He's just like, oh, I need to, like, have an in or whatever. Yeah. And then it kind of jumps cuts to him going to Italy and all this. Who does he meet on the way to Italy? He meets Kate Blanchett. Yeah. From Thor Ragnarok. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> From just Kate, my, my dad's Hollywood crush. Yeah, yeah. understandable. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, my dad was like, oh, we're watching Talon Mr. Ripley. And he was like, cool, cool. Kate Blanchett's in it. A good day. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. This, this is the, the first bit that I was like oh Tom is a like because you're watching him prep and you're like okay maybe this is just because he's very serious about this assignment it's when he lies to to Kate to Kate yeah what's her name again Mar- Mar- not Martha it's not Marge because Marge is Gwyneth but it's something Meredith. like that is it Meredith yes it is Meredith when he lies to Meredith about being Dickie Greenleaf which causes yeah. the entire plot of the movie to happen in exactly he has no reason to do this but it, it's like he lies about being dicky to this random pretty woman because mm. he knows he's wealthy and it she, turns out she's wealthy too maybe it's a thing because he saw how much luggage she had and she's like oh I can't just pretend to be like yeah you can't be a nobody 
Better to be a fake somebody than a real nobody. There we go. Yeah. yeah um, that's the movie. That's the movie. But also, like, Kane was definitely hitting on him. So if he just been oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm just a dude. She wouldn't, like, cool, cool. Or maybe she would have been like, oh, you're poor. Be gone from me. But no, because she's like, I'm also trying to pretend to be poor. Yeah. Yeah. So he pretends to be Dicky. You find out that Kate's, like, super fucking rich. Mm. She's like, oh, we come from textiles. And he's like, oh, I definitely know who you are. And then runs away. Yeah, and she's gone. And she's gone, and she never comes back in the movie. She will never come back in this movie. And then, and then the movie briefly turns into "Call Me by Your Name." Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say briefly. Uh, I would say for the most of the movie. Uh, oh, no, I would say the first this like thirty minutes until we go to Granada. See, I haven't actually seen "Call Me by Your Name." There's not as much murder in "Call Me by Your Name." Timothy doesn't get got. No. Damn. He gets emotionally got. That's fucked up. Really sad that I can no longer watch Call Me By Your Name because Army Hammer has a cannibalism kink. Damn, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Is he the other guy? Yeah. In... He's very hot in that movie. Fucking Wonka Voss. I'm sure he is, Hannah. <laughs> he wears tight little shorts and he dances. What and can he I eats say? eats people. <laughs> this is what I mean. I can't watch it now. <laughs> this was like, I watched this movie like six years ago before he was a cannibal. He was probably a cannibal then. Well, I didn't know he was a cannibal. Damn. So you're allowed to be a cannibal so long as behind closed doors, is that it? You're allowed to be a cannibal as long as I don't perceive you being a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, don't open the fridge. I've looked in your fridge. You don't have enough food in there. <laughs> yeah. There's not enough meats. Um, what a fucking sentence, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah. Speaking of meat, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah. is where, uh, this is where Jude Law and Gwyneth, because Tom basically stalks yeah, him. To Gwyneth this, Goop, as she's referred to in my notes. Um, Tom basically stalks him to this little Italian village, and it's just, oh, it's. I know this place, this aesthetic of like Italian like coastal villages doesn't exist anymore because it's been like seventy years. It's such a, oh, it's so delicious. Yeah, it's, it is. Oh, yummy, yummy. I was in a little town in Nice that was kind of, or near Nice that was kind of like this. It's like it, but it's just not, I feel like, because there's just so many more people now. Yeah. It's probably not the same. Mm. But it's just this very picturesque Italian village. Yeah, a very picturesque uh, Jude Law. <laughs> God, Jude Law before Look, he lost his Jude, hair. Jude, Jude Law, Law is fucking hot in this movie. Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow are both so hot in this film. She's very pretty. I am straight, so I'm like, Jude, Jude, Jude. <laughs> Happy Vibe Visibility Month. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's basically, he like watches them on the boat. Dickie has a boat called The Bird. Mm. Gwyneth also lives in the same village, and she's like writing a book or something. Yeah, I don't. I just remember very people. little about Gwyneth Paltrow's character, apart from like, the, the things she does on screen. Yeah. Um, she's just another rich family and she's like, I think she's a writer. And sure. she's like working on her book. That's why she's there. And Dickie's just fucking around. Yeah, Dickie's just kind of vibing. Yeah, he's just living, living off the interest yeah. of his trust. Living uh, the playboy life for yeah. a little bit. Mm, um, a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah. So, this is where my notes stop and just kind of go, Jude Law for a little bit. <laughs> Jude Law, Jude Law, Jude Law. Um, um, but, but like, he like stalks him with binoculars as they jump off a boat and then he um Matt is ripped in this film he lost 30 pounds to play this role Christ. I thought he was quite he's ripped but he's very skinny yeah like he's, he's not he's like very like muscular 
But like he's it's that kind of like oh this is someone who like works has a like a labor job yeah he's not ben affleck ripped he's... yeah it's not like oh, i'm going to the gym and like doing a two-hour like gym session and eating like a shit ton of protein it's i don't eat enough and i do a manual job yeah so i'm like skinny ripped you know if it was nowadays he'd have to be fucking like six-pack mcgee but, oh like, yeah yeah he does have a six-pack he does but he, it's he's a six-pack because he has no body fat yeah because he's yeah. malnourished <laughs> Uh, but he just kind of wanders past the two of them and is like, hey, you're Dickie, right? And Dickie's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Firstly, definitely gay from those little, like those highlighter yellow swim shorts he's wearing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, an interesting detail I read about from the book, supposedly in the book, Tom Ripley is a hydrophobe. Oh, okay. That's why he Wild. never goes into the water. Sure, I didn't even notice that in the film. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting for what happens later on in the movie. Yeah, sure is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he just like does this thing where he's like pretending to come out of the sea, and he's like, "Oh, I recognize you from Harvard to Dicky." And Dicky does the thing, which is like, "Sure, I yeah. definitely know." Who I you remember are. you. And then he just has like a pleasant conversation with them. He's not. He's not weird. I don't think in this scene. It's just like a. Right. Oh, in this scene. Yeah, no, he's fine in this he's scene. Fine. Yeah, he's fine. Like, knowing that he's lying about knowing the guy makes it weird, but if you didn't know that, he's all right. He's just a slightly awkward dude who's, yeah. like, traveling by himself on a holiday. And you're like, oh, so they invite him over to lunch. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't think he's stalking Jude Law, but he's, like, walking around the town, and he basically realizes that Jude Law is cheating on Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I'll file this away into my letter, my cabinet. <laughs> That's a secret tool for later. <laughs> That's a blackmail for me. And then he like goes, do you see Jude Law? And like Jude Law and Gwyneth do has a great chemistry. As a they couple. do, yeah. Yeah. You totally can buy that he is just this like smarmy fucking dick. He's such an asshole. He's such an asshole. Such a prick. He's such an asshole. so hot. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. You could so understand. You'd be like, fuck this guy. But the minute he like gives you the positive attention you're like oh yeah no yeah. I understand why why the events of the film happened yeah um I wouldn't I actually wouldn't be surprised if Jude Law wasn't hot if Tom would have brought him back to New York <laughs> yeah if he was played by Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah, yeah. I mean, he, was he just goes and gets him yeah <laughs> but he basically like he goes over to dinner with he goes to a lunch with Marge um who's Gwyneth's character mm. and then Jude Law's late to it and they're just kind of they, they the three of them do form this kind of nice little friendship. Yeah, very important note here mm-hmm. is uh, at one point Jude Law is kind of asking about mm-hmm. like what Tom's talents are. Like because he says my one do. skill is playing the saxophone. Yeah, uh, and Tom's like, oh, you know, I, uh, forging signatures, compulsively lying, impersonating practically anybody. That's the line from our. This in here. Yeah. We've done so many lines for movies. I know, right? Because we're getting through all the good ones now. (laughs) If one of the lines in the intro turns out to be from fucking The Legend of Bagger Vance, I'm going to lose my mind. I know what one of the one bad movie we reference. Oh? Invictus. Oh, Invictus is... I remember liking Invictus when I was a kid. It's one of the rugby shit in it, so every Irish man hates it. I don't give a shit about rugby. And contractibly... Contractibly? Contractibly? Oh my god, I can't say that word. <laughs> Contract. Um, fuck. I'm contractually. Get... Contractually. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, oh, actually, speaking of rugby, one one last thing that I forgot to bring up in the media section. Uh-huh. 
what's your what's your game of American football? Oh yeah. Yeah. Not for me. Didn't like it. The actual gameplay was fine. It's just that there's, there's so, so many little of fucking, it. There's so, there's so many, fucking, many breaks. So many breaks. Yeah. That's why I don't like about it either. Yeah, like we were there in Fibbers for like three hours to watch 40 minutes of a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. why I don't like it. My brother and my dad were at it. They said mm-hmm. it was fucking great. Nice, yeah, there my was sister cool, was at it as well. There was a cool military flyover and my dad was very happy. Nice. They were in the band section. My brother, shout out John, he high-fived every single cheerleader for nice. both teams. Fuck yeah, John. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but back to back to Jude Law. Yeah. Um, you basically this is the point where like they've kind of become friends to three of them, mm. and Matt admits to them that yo, I'm here to bring you back f- to your America. Yeah. So Jude's like, why don't we scheme that you keep telling my dad you're trying to bring me back so we can steal his money? Yeah. And Matt's like, sure. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Yeah. This is also where. Um... Tom reveals his new knowledge of jazz. His new knowledge of jazz. Because it's... Because he's like, oh, he tells them the truth and he's like, oh, I failed on my mission. I'll go back. Yeah. And they're like, kind of cool with it. They're kind of a little suspect of him, I would say. I wonder why. But like, they're not... They don't think he's like a shark, like, gonna do what he does later on in the movie. Yeah. But they're just more like, oh, this is a weird situation. Like, you're here under false pretenses. You're not on a trip. Like, you've lied to us to befriend us. But, like, you are kind of a cool guy. Yeah. Um, And then he kind of d- drops the records and stuff. And then Jude Law's like, oh, he likes jazz? I want to go to this jazz club. He'll come with me. I want to go to this jazz club, I want to go to this jazz club, too. It's the coolest fucking place. Oh. And Jude Law's like playing sax and singing and they invite Tom up oh, it's so good it's just like it looks like a great night out you do realise yeah, that does. Jude Law is actively cheating on his girlfriend in front of Tom oh yeah, yeah. and you're like oh fuck you Dickie yeah Dickie's a dick Dickie is a dick yeah um, but a very pretty mm. boy um, I have bro as a psychopath written down after this and I can't remember why because he just starts like there's a this movie is about two hours and 20 minutes long but the first about 30 minutes are just tom and dicky falling in love with each other yeah like it's it's y'all it's really homoerotic it's so homoerotic like that's like, actually something that's so shocking about it it's 1999 yeah. 1990s were still a really homophobic time yeah I can't get over how homoerotic this movie is. Mm. Like this, I feel like this would be too homoerotic for now. Like it is fully like a single step away from them just being explicitly lovers. Like yeah. they they kind of beat the around the scene? bush a little bit. Yeah, I think oh. the bath scene is the next. Yeah, the, the the bath scene is the next big thing I think that happens. Um, we do see uh, Jude Law. He invites Tom to go skiing. He invites Tom to go stay and he invites Tom to go stay with them. Yeah. There's just a lot of like... There's just a lot of the two of them kind of hanging out. A lot of the two... Wanting to fuck. A lot of the two of them hanging out. You're learning more about Dickie's kind of character Mm. of like him in the town. What kind of happens is you see Tom and Marge become very good friends. Like they spend a lot of time just the two of them walking around and they're just very like good companions. And you realise that Jude Law is having a like very detailed affair with a woman in the town. Yeah. And there's like 
did you did you guess what was wrong with the woman in the town I did yeah yeah, yeah. You about twenty minutes into the movie, you find out she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't. It's implied she's pregnant. Yeah, um, she's definitely pregnant. She's though. definitely pregnant. Yeah. And then, then, Jackie and Tom play naked chess. So, the line "nothing more naked than your handwriting" is said. As they're because, leaning on top of each other. Yeah, as that's Tom an important is like, detail. That is an important detail because Tom is like leaning over Dickie as he's writing a letter he back gives, to his father. He gives him a postcard with, and he makes him basically like do a handwriting test. So he makes him write out like a, a, a sonnet of Shakespeare, or like a, a paragraph of Shakespeare that has all the letters of the alphabet in it. Yeah. And he's, Ray makes him sign it and then he goes, no, your proper signature. Mm. So he has a copy of his handwriting. Yeah. So he now knows how to forge the signature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they get in the fucking bath. He doesn't get in the bath. Jude gets, Jude in, the gets bath. in the bath. But he's playing... He's playing... They're playing chess. Like, fully... Like, sitting fucking... beside each other, facing each other, as one as Jude is naked in the bath. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Sorry. Don't apologize. It's your house. Ray in this movie is so gay. Well, you'd like it. <laughs> they're playing yeah. naked chess in the bath they're like facing each other Jude is in the bath Tom asks to get into the bath yeah he's like can I get like oh the water's like he's lukewarm. putting his hand he puts the his bath. hand in he's like the water's lukewarm can I get in and Jude's immediately like what but the thing I don't understand right and maybe it's just like whatever it's because it's explicit Jude's giving a lot of signals up to this point. He is, yeah. Yeah, Dickie is like not... He's like flirting with the idea. And then I think when he is given the option, he goes like, oh shit, I'm straight. Mm. And this is when... I don't know if it's oh shit, I'm straight. It's oh shit, I don't want to fuck this guy. Sure. Uh, Uh, But then... This is when things turn... This is when Jude Law gets out of the bath and we see his dick. (laughs) I did not see his dick. You didn't rewind? No, I was with my parents. But this is when the relationship starts to sour... Matt actually sings in this movie. Well, you know when he, Tom sings My Valentine? When they're in the jazz, they go back to the jazz club. Yes. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Matt singing. Oh, really? He was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, I think that was also Matt and Jude singing the first time around. Yeah, they learned to play, he learned to play piano and Jude learned to play the saxophone for this movie. Nice. That's not the Matt Damon fact for the movie. This Ooh. movie. Matt Damon fact for this movie is fucking wild. Okay, I'm very excited. I know. Um, the next thing I have uh, written down here is so, yeah, to, to give you an idea of the, the state that I was in. Um, Sean was slightly inebriated. Yeah. Uh, my notes say um, uh, they will fuck. <laughs> nothing more naked than your hand. From here down is all caps. Uh, nothing more naked than your handwriting. He's in the bath. Jude's penis. Philip. <laughs> You look gorgeous, uh, because uh, this is the point where Philip Seymour Hoffman shows up. Yeah, they go to Rome. Yeah, and like I think there's, it feels like it's a really long part of the movie, but it's actually a very short bit where it's kind of like the honeymoon period. I would say between Matt and Tom and Dickie. Yeah, because then they go to Rome, and the waspiest wasp to ever wasp in this movie anyway appears which is Philip Se- the late and great Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. I love Philip Seymour he's Hoffman. great in this as well yeah he's he does such a good job of playing a character where you're immediately like oh fuck this guy the laugh yeah he does this like laugh which is like 
it's it's you can just tell it's in the back of his throat yeah and it's just like, a, like there's like there's like a look he gives tom when he first meets him where he's like i see what's going on here because you you've realized that him and dickie are very close do you think there's something fruity going on i did text i'm just looking at my texts yeah i said sean and i think about 20 minutes in i go this movie is fruity yeah it is um yeah, as as Hannah's queer correspondent, uh, yes, it is. Uh, what? Oh no, that happens later on. It ha- that happens later on. I just remembered something that happens on the train. Sure. Uh, yes, as Hannah's queer, my uh, token gave it no. <laughs> I joke, Sean. <laughs> my GBF. Um, <laughs> yeah, my next note is Freddy is stealing Jude away, which he starts doing. But it's like. It's very weird. Oh, God. Tom Ripley's theme song should be Dancing on My Own by Robin. Yeah, it yeah, should. Yeah, Because it's just like, it's it's very well done where you can really see that Dickie is just one of those people that when he has like a new toy to play with, he's all consuming with that new person. Yeah, and Marge talks to Tom about After this. After when Freddy comes back. Yeah. Um, he does say to him, but like, you can definitely tell that Dickie's like, very all in a person and then if you can just tell if someone as soon as someone gives him like a bit of criticism about it it's like oh I don't yeah. like you anymore like the bath scene is where it happens the bath scene is where it happens but then it's very obvious that like they go to Rome Dickie doesn't tell Matt that he's inviting Freddy yeah and they go to this jazz club they plan to do all this stuff together and it's understandable why it happens but he's like you go off and do what you want because I'm going to go with Freddy to like a club and meet people mm. And Tom's like, oh, fuck's sake. But like, okay. And then he comes back to be like, make sure to get the train because you asked me to remind you to get the train. And this is almost the, feel like the moment that Freddy's like, fuck Tom. Yeah. It's so bizarre. <laughs> but it's like, that's just a nice friend thing to yeah. do. Uh, Freddy's a villain. Oh, you can just tell the, like, oh, Freddy being like, who the, why the fuck's he wearing a corduroy jacket? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, it's like March. Yeah. Or not March. It's like, I think it's like September, October by the time that's going on. I don't know what fucking time of year it is. Like it's warm, but like it's, it's not. It's not like Grown Ups 2 where I know mm-hmm. exactly the time mm-hmm. of day of every scene. There probably could be, you could probably guess vaguely when the time. You do see a lot of dates later on in the movie. Sure. But like I don't know when like the feast of the Madonna is because that's a significant time. Uh... Oh yeah. Oh, some, some bad shit happens there. When is the feast of the Madonna? I don't know. Sorry. Oh, go away, Siri. <laughs> um, uh, Feast of Madonna happens fairly soon after this, right? So, Freddy... Basically, Tom gets blown off in Rome. Freddy and Dickie miss the train back. They're meant to go buy suits mm. in Rome. And Tom's like, wait, what about... I'm meant to get my suit. And Dickie's like, just borrow something of mine. So then he has a little sing-song in Jude's clothes... <laughs> And this is when you're like, oh, Tom's creepy. Because yeah. Tom hasn't been that creepy up until this stage. Like, he's, yeah, just been kind he's, of, he's just been kind of gay. Yeah, but when he's dancing around wearing Dickie's clothes. That's when you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, and Dickie walks in and he's like, what the fuck is going on in here on this day? Yeah. Uh, and Tom doesn't really have a, an answer. No. <laughs> he's like, I was just playing. Yeah. And the two of them, the two of them get the train back then, right? No. Dickie, no? it's Freddy drives him back. So when go- does when does Tom sniff him? 
sniffs him when they go to the train the, the train the next time when they're going to the, the place where he's looking at the houses yes that was it because yeah. what happens is Tom gets to train back by himself so he thinks Dickie's gone for like the evening that's why he goes and tries on his clothes yeah and then Dickie's been driven back by Freddy so okay. he gets there way earlier that's why it happens yeah but this is when kind of this is when Gwen and Tom have the conversation of and I think it's a really great scene where it's actually just another really fucked up thing happens here Gwen basically has this conversation with Tom Gwen, Gwen. uh Marge Gwyneth Gwyneth I don't yeah. give a shit I'm tired <laughs> she's the goop lady the goop lady the goop lady yeah she's referred to in my notes as Gwyneth goop um Marge has a conversation with Tom where she's like oh when your Freddy's attention's on you it's like the sun shining and when yeah. your attention's off you feel like shit and mm. he's like yeah he's doing a lot of pe- he's being so petulant and yeah, so funny but it's obvious like Freddy makes some slight remark about Tom wearing Dickie's clothes and you're like oh Freddy you, you Dickie you dick um but then Freddy makes a joke about all these loose women or something in Rome in front of Marge mm-hmm so Marge goes downstairs in the boat they're in the, on a boat and Jude goes after her for Marge maintenance <laughs> and this is the most uncomfortable bit of the movie I think uh-huh. oh no I wouldn't say this is the most uncomfortable bit of the movie there's a lot of more uncomfortable bits later on I would say I would, I'm just trying to think if I was in this social situation yeah horrific yeah basically they, they fuck below they f- deck. They fuck below deck, but they do it in a way that everybody else knows. Yeah, like everyone can hear it. And, and they can see it. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Pretty weird. Shouldn't have done that, Marge. No, I don't blame Marge on that. I blame Dickie. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Tom gets very jealous. Oh, Tom is not happy. Of who, I wonder. Hmm. <laughs> um, is this when the Feast of the Madonna happens? When they get back from yes, that? Yes, because yeah. they invite Freddy to stay for the Feast of the Madonna. Freddy leaves. Philip Seymour Hoffman leaves the movie. He will definitely not be back. Never. Um, all of this happens... Like, all of this you think is so long. And, like, when I paused it, it's only, like, 40 minutes of the yeah. movie. Um, the happy years, you might say. The Feast of the Madonna happens. And this is when the happy times are. Yeah. And I, I, I think the Feast of the Madonna is a great scene. I do too, yeah. It's basically... The Feast of the Madonna is old St. Daly that still happens in parts of... Italy I think like it happened mm. in Ireland and um, they like lift a kind of statue of Mary out of the like sea the the location that the, they're kind of living in they kind of stay in this one town for a lot of the movie it's a very very pretty village but mm. it's like has a big kind of harbour and you kind of see the harbour a lot and um, you basically the the woman that Dickie's been having the affair with has um, taken her own life and her body emerges yes. during the Feast of the Madonna. Just like washes up out of the sea. The the other the three Americans are watching it happening and Dickie's like, could someone get an ambulance please? Yeah. Dickie's not happy about any of this. Yeah. He wreck destroys his record player. Yeah, yeah. She sees she goes and like it takes they say it takes an hour for them to get an ambulance and they've been watching the entire time. Yeah, Dickie is not happy about the ambulance's performance. Yeah. Yeah. And Marge, like, she was already dead, like... Yeah, there was nothing that they would have been able to do. Yeah. And then Dickie runs away and Tom mm. goes to comfort him. 
And it's just like, I know what was going on here, buddy. Your secret's safe with me. So Dickie's like, I need to get rid of this person. I need to get yeah. rid of this person. I need to get he rid needs of this to go. He needs to leave. Yeah. And then he's basically like, oh, no, it, on the boat is when he Tom finds out from March that he's been disinvited on the skiing trip because yes, Freddie doesn't is, like yeah. him. Why does Freddie not like Tom? Because he wants to fuck Dickie. Okay, but everyone wants to fuck Dickie. That's not a character flaw. Yeah. And this is also where uh, Dickie's dad cuts off Tom. Tom. <laughs> is that the reason? Like, obviously, he was going to get rid of um, Tom anyway. But once the money gets cut off, he's like, yeah. Yeah, you're good. You're done. You're done. Yeah. Tom, Dickie's dad is so polite to Tom about the he whole is. thing. He gives him so much fucking leeway. So much leeway. And it's obvious he's like, my son's a cretin. Of course he, like, he couldn't leave. Yeah. Of course he's probably had to spend an astronomical amount of money just to keep up with my son, but he can't leave. And then they're basically like, Tom's being sent away and Dickie's like, I want to leave this town. Because Dickie, after the woman dies, Dickie does not want to stay in, in the town. No. Because he's like... He's kind of, he, part of him just feels guilty, but I think part of him is like, oh, I don't want people to figure out it was me. Yeah. Uh, Tom does offer to take the fall for him. He does. Which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, intriguing. I wonder why he would do that. Because he loves him. Oh, no. Um, and then they go to this, another town that's having a jazz festival. And this mm. is when everything comes this out. This is when everything goes to shit. Everything goes to shit. They basically have this big champagne dinner. And Dickie's like all these truths about like it starts asking Tom being like is everything about you bullshit and he's like yeah kind yeah. of is <laughs> but he gets so angry at him yeah like uh, in fairness if I discover that my friend who I've been like living with for four months or something yeah was lying about literally everything he had ever told me yeah I'd be fairly pissed off as well yeah a friend then, who I was having a homoerotic relationship with. <laughs> but the thing that he gets so angry about to start off with is the not being from Princeton thing. Yeah, yeah. Which is just like, there's like, there's a way for Tom to spin it being like, yo, I was at an event and your dad asked me and I felt awkward and it just mm. kind of steamrolled from there. And yeah, I, he just doesn't though. He just doesn't. And then Dickie's like, I'm quitting the sax. I'm going to start playing the drums. And this is this. This is when Tom loses it, I feel. Yeah. It's really funny. But he's also like, I've had enough of you. I'm going to go marry Marge. Yeah. That happens on the boat. Oh, okay. But they go on a boat the next day to like see the... They go on a cute little date on a boat. Yep. Just, and they Just drive... Just a cute little date on a boat. They drive out really far. Mm-hmm. And then Dickie just is... I can't, I can't even remember how the fight happens, but I just start having this crazy fight. Because Dickie's just like, fuck you, Tom. I'm going to be, like, genuinely really mean to you. Yeah. And be like, you're annoying. You're annoying. So what happens? I, I wish I watched this movie with you for this bit. Tom fucking whacks him across the head with an oar. Is it an oar or spear? It's I an mean, oar. It's an oar? Yeah. And it's this, like, horrific, like, practical makeup effect cut across his face. He's bleeding really bad. And he just goes for him. He just goes for him, yeah. And they're like kind of fighting. But then... <laughs> the Tom, Tom murders Dickie! Tom just fucking caves his head in with the oar. Insane. Yeah. He caves his head in with the oar. And then he starts cuddling the corpse. Yeah, he does. And it's just like, what the 
fuck and is Sean this was man like, doing? Sean was like, wait, this is what the talented Mr. Ripley's about? Yeah. I can't. I thought they were just going to be gay. They were. And then they weren't. And now the movie begins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is where it actually starts. Yeah. Because this is where he, no, it's on the way back when he's go, he goes back to the hotel. Um, you know, he sinks the boat. He sinks the boat. Yeah. He goes back to the hotel and the guy behind the, like, the, the concierge or whatever mistakes him for Dickie. What happens earlier before when they're in Rome, because they go to an American Express. Firstly, I did not know American Express used to have buildings. I thought they were just a credit card. When he's getting the money orders, he's going to an American Express. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that was like a thing. I didn't oh, know it was okay. like a, 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 I knew it was a credit card company, mm, but, but I never not. thought about having like an American Express building. Sure. You know, I was like, well, that's fucked up. But they, they set it up earlier that Dickie and Tom look kind of alike when Tom takes off his glasses. Yeah, they have like, um, they show their like IDs to some people yeah. and like they kind of get it's, mixed up a they're bit. They're just generic white boys. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like Dickie can, or Tom can get away with it saying like, oh yeah, it's just kind of an old photo. Because like I think it's when he's a teenager or something. Yeah. Because um, they're like mid-twenties. Um, mm. So Tom... But- Steals Dickie's identity yeah, after murdering Dickie. Tom decides to start just pretending to be Dickie but for the rest of the film. It's So he basically goes to... They check out of the hotel. He checks them both out of the hotel and take, buys perfume for Marge and basically writes a letter pretending to be Dickie. Yeah. It's basically saying, I've had enough, I'm going to... I'm going to live in Rome. I'm going to go live in Rome with Freddie. Yeah. And Marge is basically like, fuck, I had a fight with him the night before you guys went off to the jazz festival saying he needs to settle down. This Mm. is my fault. And you're like, oh no, he wanted to settle down. He just is dead, motherfucker. Mm. He's so dead. Uh, And yeah, he like starts taking out money from Dickie's accounts. He Uh, like checks into a hotel, uh, both as Dickie and as Tom. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. And he starts pretending to be both. I love the way he how he distinguishes between being Dickie and Tom. Yeah, it's very fun. Yeah, it's very it's very good. Yeah. And he's like setting up where he's like calling between the two places, so it looks like they're in communication and stuff. Yeah, and everything's going great. He's just spending all of Dickie's money. Yeah, nothing bad's going on. And then he meets someone in Rome. Someone sees him. Yeah, who could it be? It's Kate Blanchett. She's back. She's back. Yeah, he runs into to Kate in um, in Rome. They like chat for a bit because she still thinks he's Dicky because he was pretending to be him when they met. It's the one thing in the movie that I'm like, ah, okay, you did this weird thing to set this whole bit of the, the movie up. Yeah. It makes sense because you do know Tom's a compulsive liar, and it might have been something he like lied about being Dicky to like. Tom yeah, and he just about. and he just got lucky that the next time he met her, this he was also pretending to be Dicky. Yeah, but like, see, if I was him in the moment, I'd be like. Oh, actually, like, I'm not, my name's Tom, I'm friends with Dickie, he just, because mm. he says, like, oh, I travel under, because when he meets her originally, he says, oh, yeah, I travel under my mother's name, Tom Ripley. Yeah. It was so easy, he was like, oh, I was just nervous, because you seemed really good. Like, there's such a way for him to get out of being Dickie at this stage. But he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. Yeah. Um. So he starts dating fucking Kate Blanchett. King. 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 He goes to the opera with her, and he is like uh-huh. uh, so into it, so into the opera. They're like yeah. holding hands and crying, and I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And then, and then he goes for the intermission. Um, people start talking about Freddie, and he's yeah. like, oh no, Freddie's still alive. Um, sorry, in the picture. Um, 
And then he walks downstairs because he's like, everything's coming up, Mill. Hello, Marge. And who is this lovely, lovely, lovely British man called <laughs> Peter. Peter? Oh, I love Peter. Yeah. He's just very cute. Yeah, sure. And he's very gay. Oh, yeah. he's so gay. He is very gay, yeah. I don't uh, see I the s- appeal of Peter as much as uh, Oh as no, I, no, when I say he's cute, I don't fancy him. I'm just like, oh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I just want to give him the hot cocoa. Yeah. Um, yeah, Marge is fully like, oh shit, Tom, where the fuck is Dickie? I like, haven't heard from him in so long. I'm very sad. My fiance has disappeared. And yeah. Tom's like, I'm not wearing his like engagement ring you gave him. Yeah. Tom's like, I need to get out of here before Meredith comes back because then the game is fucking Then up. I'm fucked. Then yeah. I'm fucked. Um, so he goes for like a carriage ride with Meredith and is like, Meredith, I love you, but you're too blonde and you remind me too much of Marge. And yeah. she's like, I understand. And then, <laughs> what's so funny? What's so that was funny? a very good impression. <laughs> like, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> he was a bigger wasp, um, Kate or Gwen in this movie. Impersonating practically yeah. anyone. Uh, <laughs> it's Gwen. Uh, I it's think Gw- it's Gwyneth Paltrow. It's Gwyneth. Yeah. Gwyneth actually is a wasp. Yeah. 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 Uh, Convention's Australian. I'm always shocked when I realise that. Yeah. She, she doesn't... The accent doesn't come through much. No. Um, she's very good. She's a mm. very good actress. Hmm. Potential miniseries. Um, we would have to watch Thor Ragnarok again. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We amuse ourselves too much in this show. People fucking fucking hate. How does anybody listen to this podcast? We are so fucking annoying. Our email might tell us later on. Oh. Um. What were they saying? He basically constructs this plan of like, I'm gonna meet Marge and Peter at like half ten, and I'm gonna meet Kate at like quarter past ten. Um. So Kate will be like left by Dickie and then they'll run into each other and give the game away and then Tom can appear. Um, And it works perfectly, the plan. Uh, Yeah, it does. (laughs) Delicious. Yeah. Uh, What the fuck happens after that? Then they basically are like, Dickie doesn't want to see Marge. Marge goes back to the village and Tom just fully takes over Dickie's identity. He like moves into the apartment he like buys the piano and all this. He has Christmas where he buys the big. Oh, this is where Freddie shows up again. Freddie shows up again. Yeah. Thinking Freddie basically stalks the American Expresses and Fing finds that Dickie's living in this apartment. Yeah. And he puts fucking toot. He doesn't he, really. He. There are so many points in this film where either Freddie or Marge are like one step away from figuring it out. They, they never quite get there. They don't get that. Tom has killed Dickie. Yeah, that's the thing. No one ever realizes that Dickie's been dead for months. Yeah. But they basically are like, I think the thing that they think is happening is that Tom has stolen Dickie's identity. Yeah. I think that's what Freddie thinks. That is what Freddie thinks, yeah. Because you're seeing where Freddie confronts Tom and Tom is being so fucking ballsy. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so ballsy. And he like kicks him out and there's like a very nice like lady who like owns the apartment that he's living in. And then the lady's like, Mr. Greenleaf. And Freddie's like, oh. Yeah. And what happened, Sean? Here he goes killing again. <laughs> he fucking smashes. Let's see what happens. Whacks him over the head with a bust. Oh my God. Oh my God. 
this is the point where Sean texts me being like, how there's a lot of murder in this Yeah, movie. there's a lot more murder in this than I thought. Um, but he, like, the way that he fucking plays this off is he, like, carries him, like, fucking Weekend at Bernie's style, carries him downstairs. He's, like, bringing him to a car, pretending he's drunk. Yeah. Um, and it works. Um... I'm looking at my comments from last night. I've missed two things, which oh, yeah? is when Peter gets introduced, he does say, I was looking forward to rowing you about, yes. which is the fucking yeah. most homoerotic thing I've <laughs> was ever... Was this the point where I said that this movie is like 80% <laughs> yes. euphemisms? Because it is. Yes. Um, another point I did say is turtle, uh, turtleneck Mac, Matt Jason Bourne. Yeah, um, it's him. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Uh, when Matt Damon rolls, where is a turtleneck? The bodies follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... No, because he's driving around the Vespa and he starts seeing Dickie everywhere. He starts seeing Jude's ghost, yeah. yeah. Um, but he basically, like, weekends at Bernie's, um, like, sees a couple and is like, oh, my friend is so drunk, la 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 la, and goes out and just dumps his body, gets rid of the car, and then the police come the next day and they're like, are you Mr. Greenleaf? And he's like, yes, I am. <laughs> this is my apartment. And he's like, my friend... Die. like I saw him at like 8 or 9 o'clock and they're like well he died at 11 o'clock or 7 o'clock so you lying bitch yeah um, and then he's like ha I'm in hot water let me go out for a spin of my Vespa oh no Marge is in room <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is really like oh fuck everything's falling apart for this Tom is, this is like hoo, 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 hoo. how yeah. is he gonna get out of this he, he does he, so how does he get he basically like Leaves Marge like alone to be like, oh, Jude and or Dickie and I got into a fight. That's the reason I have a bruise because he gets a bruise from falling off his bike. Let me talk to the police and then you can come and talk to Dickie. And they basically like interrogate him and are like, I don't want to see my fiance because like, yeah, I'm, I'm having an affair. And these the Italians are like, of course, yes, yeah, course, yeah course, sure, course. yeah. Um, Is this the point where he fakes the suicide note? It's after this point, it's the next bit is Marge comes to the door and she's like, I'm done with you, Dickie. Which I think oh, that's, yeah. I think she acts that quite well. She does, yeah. I don't know how I feel about Gwyneth Paltrow as an actor. She's good in this. I think she's a good actress. Yeah. Um, she's very good in, is it Contagion? She's, oh, yeah. Yeah. She dies so early on in Contagion. She though. does, but she But she's of, married she, to Matt Damon. Yeah, but she shows up throughout it because there's like... She's um, having an affair. Because she's having an affair, yeah. Yeah. I, I always forget she's in Contagion. Yeah. But when she dies in Contagion, it's Contagion very... is another one of those movies where it's just constantly like, oh, that guy's in this? Oh, Kate Winslet. Yeah. I have not watched Contagion since the fourth week of COVID. Yeah, I watched it real early in COVID <laughs> as well. I watched it when it was number one on Netflix because COVID had just started. Yeah. And I was just like, ah. Yeah. Um, think about... Brief, yeah, a brief tangent about Gwyneth Paltrow because we're we're nearly done with the movie and we haven't really talked about Gwyneth in it because she's in a lot she's of the movies. an interesting person. Besides her weird, um, this is going to be very harsh, using her, like, profiting off her eating disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Profiting um, off of other people's eating, eating disorders, disorders as well. And very weird Profiting thing. off of putting crystals up her vagina. Profiting <laughs> off um, being Harvey's favorite girl. Oh really? Oh yeah, she doesn't. Oh yeah, of course, because of fucking um, Shakespeare, in love. Shakespeare in love. Yeah. Yeah, she like she's a best like an Oscar-winning actress. Mm. She's good, but for how like the star of Iron Man three. This is what I mean. Has she been in anything since she started doing the MCU? None of the fucking MCU actors have been in anything. 
Like Robert Downey Jr. was in Oppenheimer, but he's out. Counterpoint. Sebastian Stan. He doesn't count. He's not a real person. He is a real person. No, he doesn't count. What's wrong with him? I don't like him. You don't like Sebastian Stan? I don't like uh, Bucky. I'm in the actor. They're the same person for me. Have you seen I, Tanya? Oh, that was him in that? Yeah. Oh. And I'll rewatch that with that in mind. You've seen um, Fresh? I haven't seen Fresh. Fresh is very good. I, I saw him in something recently and I wasn't impressed. He's been in some clunkers. Uh, let me let me check his filmography. When I check when if Paltrow's filmography. Hell yeah. Uh Sebastian I want to say Sebastian Stan miniseries off the cards never happening. Why? Hannah think of how much MCU we're going to have to watch. <laughs> I know. I know. Sean? Sean, yeah. you say that. I know what your pick for the next season is. Yeah. And we're going to have to watch a lot of another franchise. We're not going to have to watch any MCU. He he was in The Devil all the time. And I like he the was, devil all the time. I like the movie as well. I didn't like him much in it. It's a weird movie. Yeah, it is. I can only think of Robert Pattinson in that movie. I can only think of Tom Holland in that movie. Oh, Robert Pattinson has a wicked yeah. bad accent in that yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, he does. Delusions! <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was... Wait, Sebastian Stan was in The Fucking Martian? Yeah. Yeah. He's on the ship. Oh, they rescue- hang on. No, never mind. I've completely... Turned around on Sebastian Stan. He was in Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, he plays the evil ski villain. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I mean. He's a real actress. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to peek the mics there. Yeah. But no, Gwyneth Paltrow, since she started doing the MCU, has been in a shocking low number. Like her genuinely, between, so, 2008, Iron, I know we're talking about the talent of Mr. Ripley, but I think this is important for me anyway. So, 2008, so Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Her next movies are Iron Man 2. Yep. Some, Avengers. Um, a documentary about Iron Man. Some movie called Country Song, which does not exist. Sure. Um, like she's to star in it with like other country singers. Glee the concert movie. <gasps> Contagion. Oh, okay. So then the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Then Thanks for Sharing, which she's with um, Mark Ruffalo. That's a, sure. that's, a, that's a cast more Marvel Iron Man 3 uh, uh, a Johnny Depp movie Mordecai which doesn't exist <laughs> I've heard things about Mordecai I heard it's terrible yeah me too yeah um, Spider-Man Homecoming that one was alright uh, some movie called The Man in the Red Bananas which is like just her in it it's like 85 minutes long Avengers Infinity War uh, the Coldplay movie, ooh, uh, Avengers Endgame, and uh, some Quentin Tarantino documentary, uh, some French movie about Brad Pitt, ooh, um, and then a movie about uh, Harry Weinstein. <laughs> she said, she said, please tell me that's an uncredited role, where she's like reference. Oh I need to know. Oh my god. That's, so, insa- so, that's an insane 15 years. So Gwyneth miniseries? No. <laughs> what is but she? But think, mean? Hannah, think of all the secrets that she could impart about, like, how to stay young forever or whatever the I... fuck Goop does. But, like, that's... Oh, she's, yeah, she she basically lends her voice to the movie. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised sure. if she's actually not in it. Yeah. But that's, like, since she started doing the MCUs, because she was a very, like, respected actress before then, I think. Like, I don't know if she was very, like... Like she won an Oscar. Yeah, well, like, she won an Oscar because of Weinstein. She won an Oscar, but she's good. 
in this. Yeah, she's pretty good. And this is nine years before. Okay, nine years. It's a long time. But, Mm. like, it's just weird that she's completely disappeared. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I don't know. Disappeared, but still very much stayed in the public eye because she's been in all the MCU movies. Yeah. And Goop. And Goop. I'm having a conscious uncoupling with Chris Martin. Having a what? When they got divorced, they called it a conscious uncoupling. Sure. <laughs> you know um, who Chris Martin dated after Gwen Faltrow? Who? Jennifer Lawrence. Isn't that insane? It's all... It's all, all, it's all connected. It's all it's connected. All connected. <laughs> um, back to the movie. Yeah. Because I got distracted by Gwyneth Paltrow. Because I think the scene where she's like hey, dump sticky. We all get distracted by Gwyneth Paltrow sometimes. Sometimes our, your experiences are not shared experiences. Damn, okay. Damn. Yeah, I see. Um, she like I think she's quite good when she breaks up with Dicky. She like yeah. has this like big crying scene and she, Tom's just like. Yeah, Dom's um, like I can't answer this because then she'll fucking get me yeah and then then you then the scene that broke your brain happens yeah with the fucking blue lights he basically like writes a a suicide note to Tom from Dickie and then he like packs up all the stuff he like basically like divides up all their things he keeps the rings Dickie's rings which is a crucial detail and he puts Dickie's luggage in the downstairs bit of the apartment and then there's a scene where the police arrive to like arrest Dickie and you just see the flashing t- Matt's face with flashing blue lights this broke Sean's brain I don't know what it- it's a weird it's, shot it's a weird shot and just the the state my brain was in at the time I was it's not- a long time into the movie and a lot happens like it's yeah. very intense yeah I after not- Freddy dies and I had not like sobered up enough by this time to be able to process it properly yeah um, but then he gets out of Rome he's kind of gotten away with it and he goes to, who does he go to stay with in he Venice to, he goes to stay with Peter yeah yeah and he just goes I wonder to, if there's something, something there. going on he gets everything he wants with Peter <laughs> yeah he does they're just very like it's like instant then call me by your name starts again yeah um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> And they're just in Venice having a great time. And then there's a complication where Mr. Greenleaf, Marge, and... A private investigator. Arrive. Yeah. I love the private investigator. He's he's so good. Yeah. And Marge is just very suspicious of Tom now. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like, I'm I'm slightly like, why is she so suspicious of Tom? But I think it's more she just doesn't believe that Dickie would kill himself. And she's like, Tom is the last person to see him. Tom got this letter addressed to him. Tom knows more than he's letting on. Which, yeah. Which is true. Yes. Women's intuition. Uh, and then they have this big scene where... Oh, the scene where the, the guy's playing the saxophone and Mr. Greenleaf is like talking to Tom and Gwyneth. Yeah. And he's like, I give him $100 to stop playing the sax. Mm. Damn. And then, uh, then Gwyneth goes to confront Tom. Now, Gwyn- they go to Tom's apartment first and Gwyneth's like how the fuck can you afford this Tom because this is like a manor house and then they like go out and come back because he goes and has a conversation with Mr. Greenleaf about stuff and Gwyneth comes back and her bra strap is broken so Tom gets into the bath because she's just remember he he falls asleep and he has a nightmare about killing Dickie oh yeah Yeah, so then he goes for a bath to sober himself up and Gwyneth has gone through his shit in the meantime yeah and founded some rings 
now it did take me out of the movie a little bit okay when he gets out of the bath um he gives peter his key which i was like mm. Mm. um he gets out of the bath because marge storms in and he goes i'm wet marge i've lost <laughs> yeah. the towel <laughs> yeah because he like goes to kind of chase her and he drops the towel and fully like flashes she her basically confronts him being yeah I, would, I want to know was that his towel just fell i think it was <laughs> i think it must have been and he just goes Cause i'm wet because <laughs> she goes <laughs> yeah because that's too funny for it to be intentional you yeah. know um for like how intense the scene is like seconds later but it later. makes it even more intense the fact that happens weirdly yeah yeah because you're just like oh this is like he's scrambling he's embarrassed she's embarrassed he's yeah. gone through she's gone through stuff she's found these rings um and like just yeah and she like runs back into the bathroom and to just, put on a robe and it's yeah. just looking for a weapon yeah he finds a razor uh and he's got it like in his pocket as he's like slowly walking towards her across confessing the his love to her yeah and she's just like oh no yeah she's like you i'm going to die <laughs> oh no it's tom yeah it's tom oh no tom did something to he, she's like you killed freddy yeah she doesn't she still doesn't think dickie's dead but she's like you killed freddy and she's about to die and tom starts bleeding and she's fully like against she's fully against the front door it's very um, scary. It's really scary, yeah. She does a great job with it as well. Yeah, actually. Tom does a great job of like, or Matt does a great job, I should say, of you can fully just be like, oh, Tom is breaking psychologically at this stage. Yeah, he's... Like, you, you can't tell if he's lying or not anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then... Peter X Machina walks in. Peter, our guy, just opens the door and kind of like kind of stumbles out a little bit. Peter goes and fixes up Matt's hand. Yeah. Yeah. And then Matt has one last conversation with Mr. Greenleaf yeah. and the detective. And you kind of overhear this bit where it's like, there's women in, in women's, in, what is it? Women's intuition and hard facts. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Because at this point, the, uh, the PI is just like, yeah, no, he just killed himself. But it's even more than that. Because you basically, they take Marge out of the room and the PI is like, yeah, it turns out Dickie, nearly killed someone when he was in college yes yeah so and like we covered it up then so um they're like we all know what dickie's temper can be like it's not outside the realm of possibility that he killed freddie in a a burst of anger Mm. and he's almost kind of like the vibe i got was like he's like we know you know he killed freddie and you're covering it up we're gonna pay you off yeah for the rest of your life yeah and tom's like Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. All Let's right. go. Yeah. And Marge is like, "You fucking bastard!" Yeah. And Tom's just like, "I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I got away I'm, with I'm, it. I'm got yeah. away with it. Got away with fucking everything." I'm gonna go to Athens with Peter and have my Hell little, yeah. my little date. Yeah. And everything that's coming up, Millhouse. Yeah. And you're like, Tom's gotten away with it. It's all going good. <laughs> yeah, and they're on the boat. Oh, they're like they, vibing. Oh, it's at such this a point, cute little scene. At this point, they fully are. Oh, they're dating. Yeah, they're, absolutely. There's a, they're sharing that cabin. Yeah, like there's only one bed. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, the bit where Peter he, he goes to Peter and he oh god the scene before Marge actually appears where he's playing the piano and Peter like oh, leans yeah. over him yeah. and he's like we all have our secrets and it's fully about like Peter is viewing it as I think for Peter that's when he thinks Tom's coming out to him yeah definitely 
every time he's like, I'm burning It's like, I have stolen my friend's identity <laughs> and, and killed him. him. <laughs> and then killed his friend. Oh my God. What a twisted world. <laughs> but then they're on a boat and they're like hanging out together. It's very, it's, it's, it's call me by your name. Yeah. Um, and, he, and Tom is like, oh, ask me one thing I would change. And Peter's like, what? He's like, nothing. And you're like, oh, yeah. the gays, the gays get whatever they want. And he's like, I'm going to stay and watch the sunset. And then... And then someone calls out Dickie. And it's Kate Blanchett again. Kate She's back. <laughs> Meredith is back. No! And you're, you're so happy to see Kate. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, Kate. Oh, you're like, oh. And it's like, and it's like at this point, she is the only person who could still completely... Thinks- She's, she's the only person that he could still thinks is... Dicky. Dicky. Yeah. And you can see Tom make this calculation in his mind because he's at the end of the boat and you can just see him kind of go, I'm going to push her over. And mm. then she's like, my aunt and uncle who we met earlier on in the movie are with me on the boat. So he's like, I can't kill her. Yeah, because they'll know. They'll know it's me. They know I'm Dicky. Yeah. She doesn't know about what happened initially with Dicky and Freddie. Yeah. And you just see him make the mental calculation. Yeah. And you're so like, no. Yeah. And so he kisses Meredith. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back to him and to Peter's cabin. And he's like, hey. So upset. Yeah. And Peter is so upset. But he's like, hey, Peter, I think we should just not leave the cabin for the rest of the journey. <laughs> and Peter's like, is that because you made out with a lady? Yeah. And I saw you do it because I went to join you for this cute date moment. Yeah. And you're like, Peter and it's all it's actually such a it's such a good way to end the movie yeah which he just lies on top of peter but it's like a very intimate kind of moment and you're Mm. like oh like it's definitely it's the most everything up to this point we keep saying like oh it's very gay he's been actually quite kind of almost impersonal with people yeah um He's very distant. He's very yeah. unsure of himself. And you can really see, like, Peter and him have a very small time together in the movie. Um, but the, you, especially in this one scene, you're very much like, these two people really trust each other. Mm. And then... Mistake, like, Peter. Big mistake, Peter. He, like, lies on Peter's back in a way that's like, oh, they're just, like, a couple, like, cuddling together. Because mm. he's trying to comfort Peter because he's like, oh. Like, there's this big speech about, and it's about the line from the movie of, like, yeah. I always thought if I was... I'd rather be a fake somebody than a real nobody. And Peter's yeah. like, what the fuck are you going on about Tom? I love you. Um, yeah. And he's like, oh, tell me something good about Tom Ripley. Yeah. And then Peter starts going like, oh, Tom Ripley is X. Tom Ripley is Y. <sighs> and then mm. it cuts to Tom leaving, going to a different cabin and sitting down and looking upset. Yeah. And you get this narration over it. Yeah, which you can is like, like hear the audio of him. Killing Peter. Yeah. And it's like, it starts with, he's just listing all these things about Tom. And then he Mm. goes like, oh, Tom is crushing me, like really jokingly. Yeah. And then it's like, Tom's crushing me, like scared. Yeah. And then you just hear Tom start crying as Peter starts like choking. Yeah. And then it, and then Tom stops crying. And then you get the scene from the start of the movie where it's Tom in the shadow and the movie ends. Yeah. And you're like, oh my fucking god, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. I think this is Matt's best performance. I said this earlier. I think it's his best performance so far as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so he's very good in Goodwill Hunting, don't get me wrong. Mm. 
but he's so not like he's playing two different people during the movie he, he like Matt Damon is not Tom Ridley he's not playing a lawyer yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not playing a lawyer he's not playing a guy like it's just you watch it and you're like oh my god I wish movies still like this still got made so that there was more movies like this because this is great yeah it's fantastic it's great um, um, I think Emerald Fresnel's new movie could be like this which one's that? It's called Saltburn, but it has like a... F- oh, this is the one with Barry Keoghan. But you know who else is in it? Uh, Nicholas Elordi from The <laughs> Kissing Booth. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Nate Jacobs himself. Yeah. But he's playing Dickie Greenleaf. Okay, like Dickie yeah. Greenleaf as character. Um, that I think that could be fun. But it's just... Yeah. It's insane. It's fucking insane. It's a great movie. It's based on some books. There's three more books. Oh, I might wow. have to read those books. Nice. <laughs> um, it's the, sec- the third time they've made an adaptation of these books. Oh, cool. The first the first was in French and the other one was in German, which I think that's funny. Yeah. Just, just like every continent has its, its Tom Ripley. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, one thing I noticed about this film is there's a lot of uh, mirrors throughout the whole thing. There's a lot of scenes of... Um, mm. Matt Damon like looking at himself in a mirror or like a shot being framed by a mirror yeah um, I wonder images, if it's images got, a big yeah. yeah I wonder if it's got something to do with his struggles with identity yeah the thing that's, that's quite interesting is like you actually don't you never really get a read on Tom like you don't like by the end of the movie you don't know if he's like you just don't know what his deal is he's just yeah, a freaky little guy at that point like I'd say at the point where um, from the point where Marge and Peter show up again yeah. after he's killed Dickie it very much feels like he's just kind of he's laying the tracks down in front of him he's not really planning ahead all that much yeah. he's, he's on the run because the thing the relationship I'm most confused about is him and Meredith because I'm like does he actually like Meredith or not yeah. he obviously likes Peter he obviously is into Dickie yeah. but you're like what's the Meredith of, of it all like that's the that's the one whole I can't square whatever mm. the expression is you know um, it's very good movie please watch it it's good it's not being held captive by uh, Harvey Weinstein unlike fucking Dogma yeah, uh, yeah it's on something I don't know what streaming it's service Apple it's on TV nice it's two dollars to rent damn maybe or I should f- four dollars to own what I will say nothing hey if you buy movies the actors still get residuals I don't know if I want Gwyneth Paltrow getting my money. Matt, though. He's got enough money. Jude, look, though. He's got enough money, too. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman's kids, though. They've probably got enough money. One of them was in fucking something crazy recently. One of them was in Licorice Pizza. His son oh, was, wild. Yeah. He, yeah. I like Licorice Pizza. Very weird ending. That's good. Sure. I haven't seen it. It's fun. You'd like it, I feel. Right. It's all like kids being feral and smoking weed. Oh, yeah. One of the Heim sisters, all the Heim sisters are in it. Oh, sure. But one of the, it's like the middle Heim, which is actually like, it actually made me like Heim as a band. Because I used nice. to be kind of ambivalent on them. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, actually, they're very funny. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever actually listened to a Heim song. You probably have. I probably have, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know enough lesbians that I... They're not lesbians. They're all straight. Yeah, but that's oh, lesbian music, you it? know? Yeah. Heim... Yeah. Hmm. They're just girls. Because if you're in a band, doesn't mean only lesbians have to listen to them, Sean. Who's Who's the queer one here, Hannah? Damn. <laughs> I just got hate now. <laughs> no, I'm the one getting hate crime. But speaking of hate crimes, we have so much more shit to do for the pod. What order do we do this? I never can remember. I think we've changed it pretty much every, every time. Ep- 
Let's do box office first because I need to fucking yeah, mentally sure. prepare to do the rankings. This was 99, right? 19, Christmas 99. Christmas 99? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really um, funny. It's really uh, funny. Oh, this is going to be fucked. This is going to be fucked, Hannah. Um, <laughs> Pokemon isn't still in it, is it? No. No? Okay. So when did it officially come out? Um, so it came out December 12th. Is Phantom Menace in here? We will get to it. So okay. it, came, it came out Christmas Day. Christmas Day? Christmas. What the Can fuck? you imagine going to see this on Christmas Day? <laughs> it also got re-released in 2021, which I'm very sad we didn't see. Because that yeah. would have been fucking amazing. It opened number three to 27 million. Nice. This movie cost 40 million. It got, I think now it's made 120 because they did a big re-release. I think originally it made 180. Nice. Sorry, it made, sorry, it made 80 because that's how numbers yeah. work. So it doubled its budget. Yeah, sure. This movie would never, this movie now making $80,000 or $80 million in the box office, it would be incredible. Mm. Like for the 19, like again, for a movie that's so gay to make $80 million is... How much money do bros make? That terrible, terrible rom-com. Was it bad? I didn't watch it, but I only heard bad things. Um, fourteen point eight million okay. worldwide. Sure. So this we'll is see how... this is what I mean. It made eighty million just in America. We'll see how Bottoms does. Bottoms might be really funny. Yeah, I've heard I, it's good. I, I want to see Bottoms. Mm. How did Mr. Ripley open number three? Okay. Do you, will I go from the bottom again? Go from so, the bottom again. Uh, will I go from number ten? So I am guess okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a three movies that I think are in here mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm thinking uh, Phantom Menace is in here I'm thinking don't tell me don't tell me I'm not we'll saying anything I think Phantom Menace is in here I think Fellowship of the Ring is in here and I think uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is in here so Phantom Menace comes out so you, th- so you think Harry Potter Phantom Menace and Fellowship. So none of them are in here. Damn. Sorry, no. Phantom Menace is number 28. Oh, okay. So it's sure. not in here. Yeah. Did Fellow- Fellowship was 99, right? Or was it 2000? I, I thought it was 2000, to be honest. And I think Harry Potter's 2001. It was the book that came out in 99. Oh. Uh, when did, um... Yeah, Fellowship was 2001. Harry Potter's 2003. And the Philopater Bone. It's also 2001. So number 10 is... So once we get to 2001, I got two locks. <laughs> uh, 2010. So this is, I, I'll just do the top 10. Um, yeah. 10 is some movie called Anna and the King. Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, number 9 is Douche Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Yeah! With Rob Schneider. I've never seen that With movie. an alt-right chud. Oh, really? Yeah, Rob okay. Schneider has gone down a dark path since grown-ups. Um, number 8 is Man on the Moon, which is about Andy Kaufman. Oh, that's really good. That's, that's the movie that, like, Jim Carrey. Isn't that's, that the movie that, that broke Jim Carrey's brain? This is a... Uh, yes. Um, so there's like a... Like his re- wife died during filming or something crazy? I don't know if it was during filming, but he went, like, super method on it. There's a really good documentary it's about kind of the it. Documentary the documentary really is fantastic. Um, Bicentennial Man's number 7. Okay. Galaxy Quest is number six. Yeah, I was at, I was at is Galaxy Quest on Christmas weekend. I was at my one of my course mates' houses yesterday, mm-hmm. and we did you uh, watch Galaxy Quest? No, we didn't watch Galaxy Quest, but he Galaxy Quest came up somehow, and he was like, "I have this written in my notes, and I don't know why." Sean, do you know what this is? I was like, yo, you gotta watch Galaxy Quest, dude. 
Um, number five is The Green Mile, starring America's uncle, Tom Hanks. Okay. Number four is Any Given Sunday. Is that a, sure. Oh, it's about football. Ah, okay. Football. This is number three. This is number three. Number two is Toy Story 2. Oh, cool. <laughs> of course, one. family movie, yeah. Number one. Yeah. It's about ha- a little mouse. Stuart Little? Yeah! My guy! My little dude! Mr. Cheddar! Yeah, Mr. Cheddar! My hero. My god, Stuart Little. What a movie. What a guy. I too, if I went to an orphanage to adopt a child and I saw a little talking mouse in there, I too would adopt the mouse instead. How do you think, how do the other children feel? I don't give a shit, they're not mice. I think we will do the rankings now, and okay. then we will then we will close off with the Matt Damon fact because we're going to be so fucking good. I'm hyping up this Matt Damon fact too much. I am so excited for this Matt Damon fact. So we we've have changed the rules of how we do very it slightly because Lucy was so fucking angry watching us doing yeah. it last week. We um, had to change the rules. Basically, all we're doing now is. We're doing what I did last week where we're, we're writing them down as we go. So we're I not just kind of going off our off of our brains where we will forget and have to start again like three times. I wrote them down last week as well, but not for all of them. I, I wrote them down as we did it. Yeah, that's, yeah that's what I mean. As always. Number, number 15, 15. The Talented Mr. Ripley. Get out of here. Yeah, no. It's the, the good old voice. The good old voice. Can't wait. The, the punt is still on for the good old boys. Yeah, we, we've not received Danny update on the bounty. Do you want to go first this time? Uh, first. 14, Rising Sun. Uh, 14, Field of Dreams. Uh, 13, Field of Dreams. Uh, 13, um, Rising Sun. 12, Geronimo. 12, Rounders? No, 12, Chasing Amy. Not that... I want us uh, on a record because we're it's gonna get changed soon. Everything above this, I don't hate as a movie. I think everything yeah. from this point on, we're kind of like these are fine movies. Yeah, we've just had a lot of quality. That's gonna change from next week. Oh yeah, this bottom section is gonna start getting bigger and bigger over the next week or so. Uh, number eleven is School Ties. Number eleven is Rounders. Uh, I'm f- confusing myself so much. I wanted you to see this, so it's doing the numbering for me, but it's going number one each oh. time. <laughs> I'm building my own brain doing this. It's very funny. You psychopath. <laughs> um, number, uh, you said number 11, Rounders? Number 11, Rounders. Uh, number 10... No, number number 11, uh, School Ties. Number 10, The Rainmaker. Yes. I'm trying to visualize. So after Rounders, I had... Number 10, Geronimo. Uh, I believe number 9 was Chasing Amy. Number 9 for me is School Ties. Number 8 for me is Mystic Pizza. Number 8 for me. We're at, the, we're we're at, at the, that point where we the, both get fucked up. No, we're um, at the point that we both know we have number 8. That we have the same for Mystic Pizza. Yeah. So we're good. We're going to okay. take a, we're going to take a minute now. Okay. I know I know what the rest matter. I need to just visualize. I need to go okay. to my mind palace cuz I I could remember where While you're in your mind palace, I'm going to run to the bathroom. I also No, no, no. I'm going to Okay, I also need to pee. So we'll take a break after we do this. <sighs> okay. Number 7, Sean. Number 7 is Courage Under Fire. Number 7 is Dogma. Uh number 6 is Goodwill. Number six is Goodwill. Yep. I forgot number... Yeah, it was so much lower for you. Mm-hmm. 
one second, I need to fix my, my mask. After dog. Glory days is my number six. My number five is Mr. Ripley. Really? Yeah. yeah. My number five is Courage Under Fire. Uh, my number four is Rounders. My number four is the, the same from here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. Hmm? My no, mine f- is the same as last time. From okay. Here. Yeah. You still have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. My number four is the Rainmaker. Uh, my number three is Dogma. My number three is Goodwill Hunting. Uh, my number two is Glory Days. My number two is A Talented Mr. Ripley. Damn. I really like, I was having, I was hootering and hollering. I really did debate about where, where we go Talented Mr. Ripley or Goodwill Hunting. Sure. I just think, firstly, Goodwill Hunting is heavy to watch. This is yeah. very, this is like a fun watch sure like this is like hootering and hollering and giggling yeah I think Matt's performance in this is far better than in Goodwill Hunting yeah Matt's um, number Matt one is, is so Matt number one same forever round yeah oh, yeah same yeah. yeah it's funny how yeah. Um, yeah Matt's just so good in this movie mm-hmm. because he's good in Goodwill Hunting but if that was the only movie Matt Damon only good movie Matt Damon ever did you would be like amazing this guy wrote this movie and made this movie you said it at the time where it's like he goes down for being a better writer than he is an actor. Yeah, I think absolutely. This, this proves that he has a really good acting I think chops. so too, yeah. You're like, oh, actually. This the is only it. reason it's uh, below Rounders for me is it doesn't have Danny DeVito in it. Danny DeVito's not in Rounders. doesn't have John Malkovich in it. <laughs> if you give me my money. <laughs> actually, your number one movie is Matt Damon doing an impersonation of John Malkovich. Yes, doing... true, which I will put in here. He gets there and... You know, I mean, it's like, at that point, he's walking on water. And we do the first take, and John goes, If you don't have my money, then you are mine. And I'm sitting across the table from him like, I'm sorry, what, what? (laughs) (laughs) My favorite clip. Oh, that's the thing, like, Saving Private Ryan, it's just such a Mm-hmm. Matt's very it has a very small role in Saving Private Ryan but it's just such a fucking good movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am very worried I've built up this Matt Damon the Matt Damon fact when Sean gets the email opened up we're gonna build it up a little further why because I've got the email up and ready to go alright build it up ahem uh, if you would also like to have your email read out on air, you can email us at sinewavepod at gmail.com. That's sinewavepod at gmail.com. Or if you really want to, you can message us on like Instagram, uh, X, uh, whatever the fuck else we have. Just, just those two. two. Uh, if you, I'm not bothered message... to set up a Facebook because yeah, who the fuck fair. uses Facebook? And I refuse to get threads because I think they're bullshit. Suppose it's really buggy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, if you message the Instagram, you're going to get through to Hannah directly because I have no access to that. So. Do you want access? I didn't know. Oh. No, I don't. I take the full barrage of the peer pressure of the internet, and you just edit us being silly. I've got the, I've got the X. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell when when one of I was so tempted to start tweeting out F one um stuff over the weekend. Someone photoshopped my one of my favorite F one drivers mm. into the Saving Driver Saving Private Ryan poster. Yeah, and I was like, "You can't tweet it out from the Instagram <laughs> or the Twitter, yeah. Hannah." So we we do have an email this week. My siren an call, an actual email, a yeah. real one. Well, first of all, we have Google security alert. 
from oh. a new sign in on Apple iPhone. That was me. Yeah, that was you. Uh, hey. But also, we have an email titled Multiple Demonsions from John Keating. Hi, John. Shout out to John. Uh, hey, guys, have been really enjoying the pod so far. Uh, my question for you to ponder is out of all of the worlds in the Matt movies you've watched thus far, which one would you like to be in the most slash least? Being a random student in the Goodwill hunting world seems pretty grand, but maybe living in Mystic and getting pizza would be better. Still can't tell what would be worse, storming the beaches of Normandy or being stuck in pseudo-purgatory hunting a random Iowa cornfield. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Would love to get your thoughts. Thanks for all the laughs so far. John, thank you for listening, John, and thank you for emailing us. Thanks, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm We gonna, all know what Sean's pick I'm is. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to go over to Hannah first. My pick for the world I'd like to live in... Mm-hmm. Saving a talented Mr. Ripley. Talented Mr. Ripley? Yeah. <laughs> no women die in this. It's a pro feminist. True, piece. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just going to watch all the gays killing each other. And I get to wear nice outfits and be rich. Yeah, and just kind of vibe on the beach in yeah, Italy. Yeah, it sounds like a delightful life. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, you probably guessed this one, but. Is it Glory Days? I want to live in El Rancho Grande with the fucking dudes in Glory Days. That is your Mojo Dojo Casa House. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Couple but of brewski know, beers with the boys. But 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 you're an adult now. You're a teacher. It's at this current stage in your life, so it'd be shit. Jones. No. No, that can't be. <laughs> uh, if, it's in my, if it's in my current stage, it's in my current state that I want to be a fucking fisherman in Mystic, Connecticut. Yeah. My current state, yeah. I still want to be rich. Yeah, just eat the best pizza in the world. Yeah. We Chat the with the fireside, fireside gourmet. gourmet. Yeah. yeah fireside. <laughs> um, who would you leave? Which world would you least like to live in? I mean, Saving Private Ryan is a. Yeah, I would not want to live. Saving Private Ryan is the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, I think I wouldn't want to live in this world. I wouldn't want to I live. would just be so stressed in like because you're gay fucking, yeah <laughs> in high society uh, fucking Italy um, my picks are I'm surprised you did not go for school ties yeah actually school ties is a good one as well uh, Geronimo like I would want I'm a woman Geronimo yeah, would be bad for me I, yeah I would probably just get like murdered in Geronimo Courage Under Fire so that would be after the war. After the war. So yeah. I'd be fine. Yeah. 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 I'd be, I'd be fucking Sean Astin. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Rising Sun is the one I don't want to be in. Yeah, you Because I would lose my mind. I would just be so bored all the time. Yeah. Imagine working a nine to five like that. Imagine working a nine to five. My life, my work's crazy enough. <laughs> I don't get bored. Yeah. Um, I'm working at half eight to... Like quarter to four, quarter to four, three days a week, and half the days on Wednesday you, and Friday. The adjustment from when you become a full like Sean's learning to be a teacher, but when yeah. you have to do like full teaching hours, full teaching oh, hours, yeah. you are going to die. Uh huh. That's why I'm fucking vibing for now. <laughs> That's why we started the podcast this year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done. It's the fact time. Oh, it's fact time. If you haven't watched to listen to the podcast before, at the end of every episode, I do a Matt Damon fact. Mm-hmm. And because IMDb is, is, the Matt Damon facts are shit. Sometimes I do one that's based on the movie that's tangentially related to Matt Damon. And sometimes we get Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, oh. our best friends, two weeks in a row. Fuck, I, I cannot get over the fact. The fact that Lucy, Lucy didn't know. 
<laughs> She's listened to those episodes of the podcast. So funny. Like, my face, because Sean and I went, ha ha ha, and then she was and then serious, she, and yeah. we died. Like, did we stop recording to laugh? I don't think we did. I haven't gotten to that bit in the editing process yeah. yet. Um, I'll be doing that tonight. After viewing this film, Tommy Wiseau was so emotionally moved that he vowed to make a film just as if just as if not more compelling that film will become The Room what the fuck I got him I didn't build it up too much this is the one yeah. it's in this <laughs> and with that folks we're done next week we're watching the, the, the fall begins uh, <laughs> no it can't be true. That's what he's claimed. Jesus Christ. Uh, for any Tommy Wiseau stands out there, you've probably seen The Room. Go try and hunt down The Neighbours. Well, he made another movie? He made a sitcom. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Me and Alan watched it. Powerful. I'll bleep that bit out. But uh, What was surname? Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, Alan. I'm sorry, friend. I didn't know you. Uh, let it be known that Hannah just attempted to dock someone. We know so many Alans. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, after one of our, our Hall's nights when he was quite bad, we sat down and we watched like four episodes So that's it. the reason he puked. <laughs> that was before that. Um, um, but yeah, next week. The fall begins. Yeah, back into the valley. I, do you know what I would say? We've never had a valley. We've had like a flat surface with some, yeah. with some kind of dips and dabs. In hindsight, it's a bit of a valley because we've gone up from there. But I would say it's the middle ground because it's sure. just like Matt's just trying to get movies. I have Rising Sun is in there. So. Rising Sun, but that's just like... A yeah, little... both of our bottom films are in there. They Actually, yeah, they have to be. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a funny statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, never mind. They... Shit, shit, shit. Um, but no, like, I mean, in like, it's bad, but like, he's not Matt Damon yet. He's booking whatever work he can get that's yeah. not like a, a grossly racist. Now he's Matt Damon. Now he's Matt Damon. And for some reason, he's in Titan AE. Um, directed by Gary Goldberg and Don Bluth. It's our first animated movie. Yeah. One um, of the very few. There's not many on here. There's palm, you palm, yeah. you There's spirit, Stanley and Cimarron. There's shape part two. That's not uh, animated. What? No. Did you think shape part two No, I didn't. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but that's what I mean. I think we we have we have this. This is the first major valley. I think we have a worse one coming up. I think okay. we have like two and a half months of just shit well, we'll, we'll, we'll burn see. that bridge when we get to it yeah directed by Gary Goldman Dog Blues byline when earth ends the adventure begins <gasps> a young man finds out that he holds the key to restoring hope and, injur- and ensuring survival for the human race when an alien species called it the, the dredge d-r-e-g E.J. The Dredge. Dredge. I don't know. Um, Are bent on mankind's destruction. This movie is partly responsible for the end of hand-drawn animation in the West. Yep. We're going to be talking a lot about Don Bluth next week. Um, You don't know who Don Bluth is? I've got opinions on Don Bluth. Don Bluth made All the Dogs Go to Heaven, which is a fucked up little movie. Mm -hmm. Um, 
he was the Secret of Nim guy, right? Secret of Nim, Dragon Slayer, the Land Before Time. Oh, Fun yeah. fact about the Land Before Time. My brother has an original uh, cell of it. Oh, nice. Because my parent, friends and my parents used to work for Don Bluth in Hell his yeah. animation studio. That's cool. But yeah. Um, have you ever, have you ever like... Play, played and or seen gameplay from Dragon's Lair no it's a fucked up game it's not that really it's a really hard yeah, one yeah it's yeah. like yeah it's specifically designed for you to lose so that you pay more to play it in an arcade yeah um, Don Bluth we'll, we'll talk about him more he's a big Disney animator that got kicked out of Disney and it was like haha fuck you Disney yeah and then this it's so insane that this like just fucking ruined his career yeah like I don't know how bad things were going before um, Titan Aggie, but like we'll do some research we'll before do some the next re- episode. Well, full disclosure, we will be coming back from Berlin for our for our holiday. Yeah, the day before, so we're gonna sound very sleepy on mic next week. Hell yeah! Um, It'll also be my first day back teaching, like doing actual teaching. Uh, so who else is it? This is a weirdly stacked fucking. Um, oh yeah, it's Matt Damon uh-huh. as Kale Tucker. Nice, that's a good name. Uh, Bill Pullman, who I love. Oh Bill, shit, Bill Pullman. Bill Hell Pullman. Yeah. Didn't he die recently? No, he's still alive. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's in Independence Day. He's the president. Oh, it's Bill Paxton I'm thinking, thinking of. Yeah. Drew Barrymore. Oh, okay. John uh, Leguizamo. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, John Leguizamo. He's in uh, Dragon Age. Yeah. Nathan Lane. He's like a big LGBT icon. He's in, I think he's Timon. Okay, cool. Or Pumbaa. He's one of them. He's Timon. Nice. Uh... Yeah, Ron Perlman. Uh, <gasps> my my king? My man, Ron Perlman? Oh, is he Hellboy? He's Hellboy. He's the good Hellboy. You didn't like Lily Allen's husband? Wait, is Lily Allen married to... David Harbour? David Harbour? Yeah. Damn, I haven't seen that one, but I've heard it's terrible. Oh. He's had a weird career, has David Harbour. No. Nope. Let's not get it. Let's not get started on that. It's just a weird... I'm just saying, he's... Yeah. T- so a lot of it's TV. Yeah. He's in the fucking Gran Turismo movie, which I need to go see. <laughs> what if a gamer could be a racist? So real racist? <laughs> yeah, have you seen that poster? Oh, is there's he a, black? I don't know, but there's... I there's think a, the actual guy is There's black. a fake poster that somebody made that says, what, like, from gamer to racist or whatever. But it wound up getting used on the official IMDb page <gasps> for a bit. Or maybe That's maybe it was terrible. the official letterboxed. Um... Yeah. Jim Cummings is in this movie. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like just very classic voice actors. Nice. Um, um, next episode, I'm also going to have something very important to talk about. First, It's the first episode of the 2000s, y'all. First episode of the 2000s. We've finished our... I know Mystic Pizza was in 81 or 87. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've finished the first decade of Matt's career. The first full decade. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this is an end of a, a chapter. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Weirdly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the fucking peak is gone. The peak's gone. Yeah. Matt Damon's now Matt Damon. Yeah. He's now an established established. actor. Yeah. People know he is good. You can advertise a movie with Matt Damon being the advertisement. Yeah. I think that's like proven by... Apparently Don Bluth couldn't. I think that movie's just bad. I've never seen Titan A, have you? No. No. We're also going to see... I think now we're going to see the weird transition of Matt trying... After the peak... The peak is where, or sorry, after this valley, it's basically the point that Matt Damon can't make these movies anymore. Yeah, I think he tries to make more Talent of Mr. Ripley's and Goodwill Hunting's, and it doesn't work, so he has to become an action hero. Nice. Because that, like, 
then his next big movies in the next like few it's years it's like Oceans Oceans and Bourne yeah I'm looking at this rake of like 16 the only big movies here oh are... wait no there is another film before Oceans I think that's a massive hit don't make me say it say it Jane Silent Bob Strike Back fuck yeah it is <laughs> but you know we've got Jerry coming up we have The Sum of All Fears Benny Boy <gasps> Yeah, Ben is that Morgan Freeman yeah, as well? Yeah, it is. Nice. Uh, is this just one that Matt turns up? Kieran Hines is in this. We'll get this in a month yeah. and a half time. Uh, but anyway, this recording's two hours long. Mm-hmm. How is this fucking two hours long? I have no idea. <laughs> we were on topic for so yeah, long. Yeah, we got to talk one. about the gays. Oh, we did talk about Gwen's career for a bit. Yeah, we did. Because yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Uh, next recording is also going to be two hours long. Because tomorrow, the season finale of The Good Doctor comes out. You're not going to have that much to talk about. I'm going to have the season finale of The Good Doctor to talk about. I'm going to watch my sex in the city. Hell yeah. Good night. Good night. And good luck. Scampagnano bitulede, con mano guapo vede fa guardare. Ok, tu vuoi fare americano, 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 senta me che con papà. Tu vuoi venire alla moda, ma se beve whisky and soda, poi ti senta di stupare. I am. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> I know what yours is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to think of a substitute after that one because the other that's no. it's so obvious. But it's an, it's my answer. I know, but I'm gonna I'm asking you for an additional one. Okay, then I'll ask you for an additional one too. Yeah. Cool. Let me let me just mute all of these things real quick. Um, then... I'm just loading up the all the other things we need for the episode. <laughs> I've decided that I'm gonna start like writing down my. Oh, let me look at my list real quickly before we start recording. Yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna write them down as I go through them, like yeah. I did the last time. I think that just makes it a lot quicker. Yeah, it just means that we don't have to restart it like two or three times. But I had this one. I have Jesus. We've done a lot of Matt Damon movies now. This is number fifteen, Dean. I believe. It's so we're getting through them at a clip. Yeah, we are. It's got a lot more to do I know but like got like 60 more yeah but the thing is I feel like a lot of people remember these movies that we've done okay yeah. some of them we haven't but like the, the last like six weeks we've done a lot of like oh mm-hmm. these ones and now I'm like what 